Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head below the Mason-Dixon line this week with Edward Zwick's 1989 Civil War epic, Glory. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Mike B. Yes, sir. Nate. Civil War, which is what you sounded like, but it's okay. And our this week's guest, <laughs> uh, and Scuttlebutt's Mustache Winner of the Year Award, Civil War expert and kind of big deal, reenactor and historian <laughs> Les. Give him the bayonet. <laughs> Thanks for being here, buddy. So, guys, what do you think? Oh, don't ever, don't ever, don't. What I think is, don't ever do a try to do the southern accent again. Don't ever try to do that again. It was. So I think it went right through when it burns. <laughs> oh shit! Shots fired. Oh my god, dude. You want know me to you know time to hear that line? I think it went right I, through, I, but it burns. <laughs> you said it okay. the exact same way that he I'm says sorry, it. I'm sorry, Brian. I, I love know. you. I know you're tired. Okay. Well, shots fired. Now Brian's going to be in a great <laughs> fucking move for the rest of this. He's to have a role in the movie. <laughs> oh, there you go. Excuse me. But. I was Kevin's cough and sneeze, and, and I was the snoring of... Uh, of Roe, okay. I was in the movie, all right. That's, that's a big part. That's <laughs> yeah, the big part. Get, get that Foley yeah, shit yeah. down. Yeah, had to just get in there. Don't didn't ever, you? don't ever anyway. get in the foxhole with this dude. He's like, about <laughs> all night, all yeah. night. So I've heard he's like chainsaw and logs. That are a Honda lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, not good. <laughs> a Honda lawnmower. Oh. Yeah, that's really yeah, not good. Look, it's yeah. not, Nathan has it's a reputation not, for snoring very loudly. It's not our fault we didn't pass the hot chocolate down, all right? Soldiers apparently it was. Apparently had hot chocolate. Yeah, 10 years apparently later. Apparently 12, yeah, 12, like that 12 years later, apparently that is still a sin. Yeah. So That's our but, discussion on glory. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, shit. So we're, we're talking about glory, yeah. Uh, Les yeah. is a good friend of... Uh, ours and um you know he's been a really big fan of the civil war for a long time a real expert and stuff and he's originally from virginia and, and you live on a civil war battlefield right yes um i live like it's dark now but if you look over my shoulder you could probably see lee's last headquarters that's how close i am um hence the flag in the other corner over here that was his headquarters flag at one time but um i've been around in central virginia my whole life and it's kind of one of those things you can't really escape like you're in and around it. I can go 30 minutes in almost any direction. And there's a civil war trail sign. Um, so it's been kind of a passion. You just kind of pick up on it. And most people around here to a certain degree, mine has become more of an addiction or an obsession. Most people's like, oh, I got a book. I read it every now and then, but for like us, it becomes more, 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 more. I've got to be in it around it and talk about it all the time. And ever since I was a, uh, young child that's how it's been like i remember um when i was a kid uh, i think it was i think it was tnt in the springtime they would do civil war sundays so from sun up to sundown they would do uh andersonville glory gettysburg i mean from sun up to sundown that's all it was was just all those films so i mean sunday morning all day just sitting there 
Hell yeah. watching those. In that case, I'm guessing you have seen this movie probably way the hell before, like in the past and probably oh, yeah. several times. Oh, yeah. So as our guest then, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts on it? So as, as a kid, um, I think like most kids, like when you get to wanting to learn something or you want to watch something as far as war film, you, you want to see the, you know, pew, 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 shoot them up, bang, 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 which this film does not have a lot of it. But as you mature and understand the culture and the the background of it, you appreciate it more. Um, like I said, when, when I was a kid, Gettysburg, that was the film. Like, you know, just three quarters of that film is just burning powder, as we call it. Um, but as maturity is hit, going through the you know, military, being law enforcement and everything, um, I've come to appreciate glory more because it – it has something for everyone. Like I told a friend the other day, it's got, you know, politics, self, uh, motivation, self strife. Uh, it touches on PTSD. It shows training. It has combat. The only thing it lacks, thank God is a shitty love story. <laughs> That's true. Yes. That's Agreed. true. Which they could have put in. Yep. Thank God they opted not to do that because, uh, Colonel Shaw, several weeks or months prior to being shipped down to uh, Georgia, uh, did marry. And thank God they left all that out. Like it, it, it would have deterred from the film, in my opinion. No, for sure it would have. It was nice not to see that. Um, exactly. And just to, uh, but in, it's an interesting movie, you know. Um, it's interesting, growing up in New England, there's not a lot of Civil War battlefields, but there's a monument in every single town to all the exactly. guys that were drafted and lost, you know, and so it's kind of the yin and yang effect, you know, the other end of that. And um, I'll never forget when I started to do a lot of reenactments down south that uh, I actually met Lessa at one, and, you know, it made him uh, almost die at one point. <laughs> that was another story. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting because you drive down 81 in the States, um, you know, down like the uh, Shenandoah Valley and everything, and uh, – you just drive up and down. If you go south, you drive down the later campaigns of the Civil War. And if you drive north, you go up the early campaigns of the Civil War. So it's very interesting. You drive all these different places, like New Market and stuff. I always remember seeing that one and things. And it's, uh, it's very interesting. The more you travel in the States, the more you just pass Civil War battlefields and things. And you really can't escape it, like you were saying. Um, yeah. The like quarter it's... of the country, just, you know, it was a battlefield. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so, and I do have some... Uh, lineage to this and I, I think like like you said winchester i think changed hands 16 times in one day <laughs> that's Crazy. just how much the, the like you're saying back and forth winchester mm -hmm. virginia re uh changed hands i think and i think the most it was in uh 16 times in one day people are like remember pavlov's house how bad yeah. that was <laughs> and i was like oh well you know imagine that but you have one shot and each round shatters bone <laughs> Have yeah. fun. <laughs> oh, exactly. and there's a bayonet you get stabbed with it. The wound doesn't heal. So good luck. Yep. Have fun with that one. You know? Like the one scene where the guy's um he ends up in the hospital towards the beginning of the film and the guy in the background's yelling as he's being like, Oh, I'm sorry, you know, Captain, as he's putting the thing on his neck, the guy's like, Stop cutting. Oh my god. You know, you're the the, the screams. Yeah. So like, oh, oh yeah. There he goes. Um that was medical in its <laughs> infancy for the most part. <laughs> yeah, right, you know. Yeah. It's better than the Battle of Hastings, but it's still uh, not yeah. not today. 
So it was interesting, you know, medical technology like stayed the same for a good 800 years. And then, you know, after the Civil War and everything and really the uh, Crimean War, it was a big change when they had like the Red Cross and things. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Civil War, um, you always hear about like, you know, the, the wicker barrels full of, um, what do you call it, amputated limbs and everything. Yeah. Stuff and not fun. What do you think about it, Mr. Nate? Um, then the other southerner. Well, well, less full contend will will argue with that. Apparently, Maryland. We can open not that too. We can we can have a poll after the podcast comes out. <laughs> <laughs> is Maryland part of the South? We're, Maryland and Delaware, because Delaware gonna, technically uh, is more east. It's gonna we're be. Head, we're heading north. We need we need Marylanders help. <laughs> nah, is Maryland just the north? Coming you back know, from Gettysburg. Oh, also. you guys are back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, the, I mean, I, I, I had never seen, I'd, I'd always seen bits and pieces on this, like, uh, almost, I think, the same event Les had mentioned, you know, Civil War Sundays, like, I kept, I would always see it, but I never would get, like, for me, I, I always would have to watch a movie from its entirety, and back in the old archaic days, if you didn't catch the movie in the beginning, you'd have to see when it would come back on. And that could be next Sunday or next hour or next day or next month or whatever. So like, what's I, the TV guide say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> little book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the little book that come in the mail it's next and, to the yeah. phone book. Yeah, um, <laughs> with, the, with the Sunday paper. That's yep. what. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> so like that was that was my childhood, and so like if I was even allowed to have the uh, have access to the one TV in the house because my father it was sports or news, and that was it. And if and you had to go on his time, so I had to I had to oh. do I had to watch TV when he wasn't using it. That was the rule. So I would always try. I would always catch bits and pieces of this, but I never went back and kind of followed up and watched it later again in my later. life. And this is the first time I watched it from start to finish, and it was very interesting. I was not expecting um, a lot of the uh, character development. I thought it would be more you know, battles because that's all the really I saw of the movie originally was a lot of was all the battle battles and, you know, the fort charging and the whole thing at the end. And so it's just like it was very, very interesting to, to kind of build that to watch a movie. To actually watch a movie and build up those characters and those people that I've seen constantly throughout the years but never got any context to. So it was very, very uh it was a re it was really pleasant to watch in the sense of a brand new movie that's been out for years and years and so it's been it was really really good I, I liked it a lot and uh but i don't know that i don't know enough civil war history to dive into it i again i refer to the patry of the same thing where it's like i don't know enough of the actual history so i enjoy the movie whereas if i watch company heroes i turn inside out and want to vomit so it's like you know mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing it's just tray yeah as it does yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like it's just it's just it was it was a nice it was a, it was a really nice uh, refreshing movie to watch versus Field of Honor, which I wanted to uh, sit on a rusty pole. So, um, yeah, as no. Brian will counter me with French art house movies, but uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, but no, I, I liked it a lot. Um, but I'm I'm interested to dive into it because you know I can do the 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 you know the surface level research, which I did. But it'll be very interesting to kind of go into it more, more of a you know deep dive into it. So, um, Mike B, what about you? Yeah, I've I, I saw this once before just on my own volition because everybody was like, "Yo, it's a great film." Okay, 
and I put it off for so long because of that, because I'm an asshole like that. But um, when I watched it before, I was like, okay, pretty decent. And then I watched it, like, actually paid attention more so, I guess, this time. And, yeah, I um, I don't know anything about the fucking uniforms. I don't know anything about the um, the weaponry. Like, I can tell you what they use, but I just can't identify it on screen. So that is not what I was looking for. I was looking for just, like, um, cinematography, uh, lines, interaction between the characters, the acting itself, and all that stuff, and just the progression and the flow of it. And I found it to be actually pretty well done, as far as that's concerned. Um, I, I, I know, again, brief surface-level history of this particular battle, because when I first saw it, I was like, did they actually do that? And it, it was more egregious from what I researched than what they actually showed in the film, like the actual final battle. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know? But as far as just the whole thing, like it flowed, it was a two and a half hour film. That's all. That's a, that's a lot to ask from someone, you know, to watch a two and a half hour film and still be engaged, but I was engaged the whole time. And that's, that's pretty cool in my book. So yeah, opening thoughts, decent in my opinion, but I'm also very uneducated on this particular subject. So Mike. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you guys in terms of like knowing the surface level about this stuff. Um, I, I, I agree. There's a lot of interesting things in this movie. Um, I think it's uh, well done and there's a lot of really cool things about it. Really interesting, like we said, but uh, for some reason, I just don't love this movie. I don't know what it is. And I've tried to before I've seen this movie with people. I've watched it by myself. Um, I've watched it, you know, and trying to really grab something. And I just, for some reason, um, I don't, for some reason, don't like just really connect with it. Like everyone else, uh, that has told me. And, um, I, uh, I think part of that has to do, I just don't really, I think Matthew Broderick is just miscast in this movie. Um, I don't really like him. Bueller. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I get that he was really popular at the time, but like, it's funny because you have his performance and then you have like these amazing performances like Denzel Washington and, and Morgan Freeman. It's like to- putting Tom Cruise in the same role. It's like right, yeah, yeah. Well, it's he'll, it w- he'll do it, but it's just not right. Yeah, well, this I, was I this was it, yeah. made by the same guy who did The Last Samurai. It was written and directed by the same guy who mm-hmm. wrote and directed okay, The Last yep. Samurai. And um, and I that I mean that connection is really strong. But like, yeah, I think that it's just I don't buy him in the role. It just feels awkward to me. And uh, other than that, I think it's it's it has a lot of really good. Like a lot of really, really good individual scenes. Um, so, but yeah, really, you know, interesting movie, but I just can't like say that, oh, it's so good, like how a lot of other people right. do. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I, I think that, like I said, that, so apparently uh, Zwick wanted him, he was the first pick and he accepted it uh, after trying to convince him a few times. Um, I agree. I think it was just like you said, he was um, popular at the time. Um, right. But I think if they would have found somebody a little bit, because like I said, he's they needed, cooler, you know, you don't yeah, see. They, they needed someone like a younger man, a younger actor of the time who was like, like, uh, like Ethan, uh, not, not Ethan Hawke. What's his name? Um, uh, Falcon and the Snowman. Um, 
I'll, I'll think of his name later. But uh, like an, an actor who has like can really have like a dramatic edge to him. Yeah. And um, for this, yeah, like uh, I mean, I don't really like Matthew Broderick in anything other than War Games. Uh, and um, uh, he, in my opinion, he's he's the least my least favorite thing about the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But uh, um, so that's that's mainly it. And there's some just weird in terms of like his performance, some other moments or some weird direction kind of going on. There's a part where Carrie, how do you say his name? Carrie Elwes or Elways Elvis, or whatever. El, no, it's Elwes. Elwes. Yeah, whatever. Um, when Carrie uh, comes out and uh, he like he's like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna take on this job, and he says something like, can you imagine a, a colored soldiers with rifles or something like that? I'm quoting the movie here, and. Um, uh, the way he says it, it was like, it feels like that was written to be more jovial. Like, hey, can you imagine that? Isn't this crazy? But instead he says it like he's looking off into the distance. I'm like, that just didn't yeah. read well, yeah. you know? Like, um, it very so, And I get like, I get Carrie's like a Shakespearean actor and that's the background he comes from. But uh, that also kind of, stuff like that just felt weird to me, so. Did, well, Michael, um, you know, life moves pretty fast. Sometimes you got to stop and, you know, stop and enjoy <laughs> everything every now and then. And then yellow yeah. starts playing. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, it sounds like you just hate Matthew Broderick. No. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I do are, agree. Are you, are, it is you, a strange you, cast thing. You know? are, are you talking about, uh, are you talking about Timothy Holton or Sean Penn? Which one are you talking about for fucking this? No, no, no. Uh, Timothy, uh, Tim, the Timothy guy. Timothy Hutton? Uh, yeah, that okay, guy. Yeah, okay. if they had him, who because like he's really he can be really intense and but like also really personable, and he was like a young man in the eighties, like a young actor. So like, I, and I get it. Like when you look at the actual guy that Matthew Broderick was playing, he looks a lot like him. Um, so I get it. And uh, but there, there's times yeah. where Matthew Broderick actually shined in the role, but there's a lot of times where I think it's more of you need an imposing, intimidating, and mm-hmm. leadership. Very strong. Like there's sometimes he does strong leadership, but then there's, I. Most of the time, all I see is Inspector Gadget. <laughs> he, he was Inspector Gadget, yeah. that's right. Like, just because um, you know, yeah. it's at the same time, like, you, know, you ever see, uh, was it Wall Street or something? Came out in the late 80s. Um, oh, um, yeah, with uh, Charlie yeah, Sheen. Um, I feel yeah, like Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen yeah. is so, like, maybe uh, Matthew Broderick would have been much better in that role. <laughs> and uh, she yeah. would have been much better in this role. You know, he's got tiger blood. Yeah. But no, the, the, you say that like the the scene that kind of feels cringe to me is the scene where he comes in and like intimidates the guy on the uniforms. Oh yeah, and <laughs> the guy's like, "Oh, calm down, calm down." I it's actually like, didn't mind that. It was when uh, when he's like, "Wait, if if you guys won't get paid, I won't get paid." Like it was <laughs> like it felt much like, "Well, yeah." He was like, in Godzilla. Yeah. Too. Like oh, he was in Godzilla. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. A, that's a lot of fish. The cable guy. <laughs> so so really really quick, just the history of me. Les, did Shaw actually do that? Do what? Rip Tear up the his pay thing. He was actually the one who convinced them not to take the pay. Oh. Not the not, uh, chip. It was actually him. Um, okay. So, what, like I said, I'm not a, the, the biggest historian on USCTs with United States Colored Troops. Um, but from what I've read, um, he was the one who told them don't don't accept this pay. They are shorthanding you, um, which is very um, ironic because his mother and father were the ones who were uh, big into um, freeing the slaves and the rebellion or anti-rebellion. Um, he was very pampered. He he did most of his schooling overseas. So when he got back, he enlisted and um, 
according to his own letters, it shows a progression of respect towards the colored man. At the beginning, it was, you know, boy, uh, the hard R, N-word, um, all this stuff. But as progression goes on, like before uh, James Island and Fort Wagner, it was these men, these these troops, my 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 men. Um, he he grew a fondness for him, and he actually wrote letters home to his mom, stating that you know he these men uh, have grown on me. They they've shown me compassion and respect. Um, a little anecdote though: the letters in the uh, movie are not his to his mom. They were taken from a book um, of another USCT regiment. Um, I don't know why they did that. I, I guess because it wouldn't fit in with the movie perfectly. Um, but that was that that are those are real letters when he is monologuing uh, in third person as he's walking through camp and whatnot, doing the training. That's actual audio or uh, actual words from someone else, but they put it. It fits him kind of. Mm. Mm. Little artistic it, license there. Yes. Well. And just to build off that, what's interesting is, um, so I'm working on this TV show and everything called uh, War Stories, and one episode is about um, Henry Johnson, uh, known as Black Death, and he was uh, a colored soldier, and uh, you know the Harlem Hellfighters were basically given to the French, <laughs> um, but they had you know white officers and everything, so much similar to this, but you know in a more modern war, or at least you know in the 20th century, and. Um, you know, Colonel Hayward, who was the commander of the unit, had an incredible bond with his men as well. You mm-hmm. know, during the war, during the training and everything, and even after the fact, because they were from Harlem and stuff, and he was from New York. He was a, um, I think he was in the Senate, New York Senate, or the, it might be even be like the National Senate, or the, like the Federal Senate, whatever. But um, long story short, like even after the war, that he'd have men that he fought with come into like his uh, shop, he's a lawyer. Or, you know, his building and be like, oh, I need help and everything and help him out and everything. And, you know, they were friends for life. And so it's interesting, you know, 60 years later or 50 years later, very similar experience, you know, between these men. And uh, it just goes to show that combat is that bond. You know, if you're in the same place and you chew the same dirt, then fucking it doesn't matter. You always be there for each other. And that's another interesting thing as well. The 54th, I understand why they did it for the film. They wanted to show, like, diversity. Uh, you know, this man's from South Carolina. This man's from wherever. Um, they did a lot. You got to remember, this is a film that it's a product of its time. So 30-plus years ago, 35 years ago, roughly. Um, so there wasn't, a, to my understanding, there wasn't a lot of information prior to that on any of this subject. Um, it just kind of started coming to light. This movie was produced because Wick was touring Massachusetts and came across the 54th Massachusetts Monument. And he's like, I want to learn more about this. And when he found out the story, he's like, this needs to be told. So that just because a man was walking through Massachusetts and found a monument, this movie was born. Um, but anyway, digressing, the 54th was um, made up of all free black men. Um, I don't believe there was many if, well, I think there was a few previous and en- en- enslaved men, but they were all free men. They came from all over because Massachusetts did not have the population of, uh, of black men to serve in the USCTs. So they sent out um, recruiters all the way as, as far as Missouri, even Canada, to recruit these men. Really, um, One private was actually a doctor. 
So that show that I mean, it just goes to show. Um, now I get the in the movie, you know, a slave rising up, enlisting, and going back and showing his his previous master that I'm I'm a free yeah. man. I'm in uniform. I'm just as good as you. But it, to me, it would be more, or not, not more, but it would be just as cool to see this man who was a doctor several days prior giving up his license in business to go fight for somebody else hundreds of miles away. He's risking everything for, I wouldn't say next to nothing, but he's fighting for a higher cause. He's obviously taking a pay cut. He might lose his business, and it's not really going to affect him, like, win or lose the North is still going to be the North. He's going to be free, but his devotion to a higher cause made him sign up to fight for this. Hmm. Did, did, uh, you might mention it. What state was he from or Robbins? that? I don't know which state the doctor was from. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's, uh, it says a lot like how powerful the, the belief was that you're fighting for a certain cause. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. So, and plus they didn't want, um, I think they, they touch on that enough in the movie as well, where the North was just as, well, my, my, obviously not just as racist as the South, but it was to the point that they didn't trust men in uniform of color. So they, yeah. the, the governor of uh, Massachusetts was like, I want the cream of the crop. I don't want somebody straight out of the fields because they're not educated. <clears throat> all of all of these men can read and write. Um, like I said, one of them was a doctor. Um, so they wanted people that, because it, it, was, it was a publicity stunt, to, for a lack of better terms, not, hey, look what we're doing. It's, it's more of, if this fails, this will look horribly on the 13th Amendment cause. The emancipation will just founder. So they wanted the cream of the crop to be in uniform. And that's what they, like I said, they sent out hundreds of recruiters everywhere, um, Canada, New York, Connecticut, Missouri, and they recruited these men. And I think some of them were brought back uh, under darkness. So they weren't like bushwhacked or anything like that or frowned upon. Wow. Yeah, because that, that kind of changes like the uh, narrative of what the movie says yeah. versus what actually happened. And yeah, it's interesting is because, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of free black people mm -hmm. in the North yeah. at that point. And, but yeah, so like you say, I don't think it's, it's an, uh, it's a, like an egregious thing to say it's, it was a publicity stunt because it was obviously, because if you actually wanted bodies and you wanted people to do that, you would have just recruited anybody. But like you said, they wanted the best of the best to show yeah. everybody this is what we're they doing. They didn't want it to fail. Because right, yeah. exactly, and it, it's kind of it's kind of um, it's not surprising to me or any other historian that's looked into this shit, but for like the listeners, yeah, it, it's fucked up, and like that's what a lot of things that you look at in history that you go, oh my god, that's so these guys are so brave. You got to dig into it a lot deeper and realize that there's ulterior motives a lot of times by the people in charge, and this is an example of that. It's like, oh, do we want these colored troops as we call them to? actually fight for us and represent the union. Eh, well, if they're really good, maybe. And that could, that could, you know, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things. It's like, that's very interesting. 
And they, they touched on it a little bit in the film, I think, but not, not nearly to this level that you're saying. And with research and everything, like actual so documentation. So on the, backup, on the so. vice versa side, if you ever look into the Battle of the Crater, which was in Petersburg, Virginia, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the USCTs were trained for that mission. They were given ladders, pioneer equipment. This is what you're supposed to do. Go around the crater we just blew up and then exploit mm-hmm. the lines, go and push to Richmond. I can't remember whose decision it was. It wasn't Grant's. I think it might have been McClellan's or somebody's. They assumed, well, if this fails, this will be a huge detriment to the USCTs. So they pulled them back to like the second or third advance line. And then they replaced them with white troops who were like, the fuck we doing here? (laughs) So then they got... Yeah, exactly. What what are you doing? The whole war, you're basically in column in the battle line Ford March. And that's what they did. And, and, um, the movie, um, cold Harbor does a fairly yeah. decent, not cold Harbor. I'm sorry. Cold mountain does a fairly decent representation of what that battle was like. According to uh, reports, you know, black powder burns very slow. So it poofs up all the dirt in the air. It's just a smoke screen. And then, then poor guys just went straight into the hole. And then the, uh, USCTs came in right up behind them. And in the movie, it shows it was it was a turkey shoot. Um, reported, according to reports, there was blood in the crater knee deep at the end of the battle. Oof. Oof. I mean, yeah. um, but I, but I, I kind of believe if they would have been put in first, they knew what they were doing, and and the commander was present and not intoxicated in his tent. It probably <laughs> it probably would have been a lot better than what had happened. Yeah, I mean that's that's. That's what I'm saying is like when you look into the history of things is like there's a lot more factors playing oh, yeah. into any situation than like the crater. Yeah. The the basic knowledge is the crater was an absolute massacre. I'll be done in a second. It was an absolute massacre. It was. It was it was just a, a colossal goat fuck to the nth degree. So many people died. But then as a historian, you have to go, well, why did that happen? And then what you just said is like, oh, well, these guys were trained to do this. They were, they were preparing for this. And then at the last second, it fucking changed. And their commander was drunk in the tent. Always happens. And yeah, it's like, okay, well, that's how these catastrophes happen a lot of times. So, yeah, it, it, but yeah, um, Nate, sorry. Well, no, I was just, uh, I, I would, uh, less had said that, you know, the guy's drunk in the tent, the commander's drunk in the tent. I thought that was a joke, but then as you dived into no. it again, it's no, that's a hundred percent true. He oh, was, yeah. no, he was found in his tent, three sheets to the wind. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, so, <laughs> oh, God. there goes your command. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 and that happened that it, it still happens today, like on a lesser degree, but like it, it, I mean, you get that shit that eh, it's just. It makes warfare so much worse than what it has to be. When really, when you like have someone, warfare is bad. Yeah, when you have someone incompetent. When, well, no. When all these circumstances, just like these idiots in charge, make stupid decisions. Like, okay, take these guys out that have been training for this, and then okay, I'm just gonna get shit faced in my tent and on the morning of the battle, and okay, whatever. It's like, <laughs> whoops, Jesus. Apparently, man. that's frowned like, upon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe where you come from but <laughs> the, no it's uh, no I, i'm glad you brought that up because don't yeah, you know how so roman generals used to fight to you know? <laughs> so um uh really quick so we're talking about we're talking about the um what the hell were we talking about with the uh the movie the so the troops 
getting tra- oh uh, how about the training i was okay. gonna ask you so, about that. so that's that's a very interesting yeah. subject on that um to go back to a, a simpler uh, suggestion for it, um, if you look, um, somebody brought up, it's a very, very, very minute detail, but looking back, um, I, I believe it was just because of when they filmed. They, they started filming, I think, in December, and then it took like 70 days to film. Um, but the 54th wasn't, I think, uh, brought into service until like March, or no, yeah, I think it's March, and they were shipped out in June. So, <laughs> the watermelons. There would no, there'd be no way to get watermelons to Massachusetts in that time of year. Little little small details like that. Right. But I think it was just because they had this script set up for all right, you know, March to June will be in this, you know, in, in Massachusetts training. But they're filming, and I think that was the other thing too. The filming, I think the uh, I looked it up. The filming for the training was actually in the Georgia State Locomotive or Railroad Museum, and they did a mm-hmm. great job. It looks amazing, but um, I, I don't think they really expected that much snow in Georgia, <laughs> so they had to be like, "Oh, well, it's Christmas time." But the fifty fourth <laughs> wasn't in, uh, enrolled or wasn't formed until I think March, if I remember correctly. Um, but everything—I mean, the only other movie that I can recall off the top of my head that does this much training. Uh, footage would be gods and generals you know the bayonet training the load nine times and they show that in the movie in both of them that load nine times um they even like like i said the little the little minute details i love you know taking the musket and pointing it away from you and what i, I don't mean like you don't want the barrel away from you you the the ramrod is closest to you there's a reason for that so when you load and you grab the ramrod you're not reaching over the barrel to pull the ramrod out and blowing your fingers off there's a mind, there's, there's a rule, there's, there's a, a, it's a procedure called load in nine times and it's drilled in your head over and over again. So it's just like basic training that we went to it, it's, you're breaking it down Barney style. So in the heat of combat and the stress and, and, and fatigue, you can load that thing and fire without even thinking about it. Muscle memory. Um, yep. Exactly. Muscle memory. Yep. Muscle memory. Um, and it shows, you know, him, you know, cocking his uh, revolver, firing it and everything and him trying to get them prepared for combat. And I understand that because, you know, <clears throat> uh, Colonel Shaw was not, well, he was a lieutenant at the time, but he was not wounded at uh, at uh, Antietam. Um, they they did a lot of creative liberties with the film. Um, but yeah, he was not wounded and he wasn't a colonel until the 54th got up to strength. I think he like kind of leapfrogged, you know, went from major and then when he got his whole regiment, it, he became full balloon colonel or uh, yeah, colonel. Um, but actually, the the training um, was phenomenal. Um, the little two or three nitbits I didn't like was uh, Colonel McKay or uh, Sergeant McKay, Sergeant Major. He was a little over the top for me, in my opinion. For but you got to remember, this isn't. Let me pull out my 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 stress card. You know, nineteen or two thousand and 12 army um i never saw any of those anyway but anyway uh (laughs) physically assaulting a troop that especially in front of an officer that i was like okay i agree with you there because that would have been in my opinion even back then especially back then rather would have been uh you come here hey 
We're going to go behind closed doors. That's a fucking, you don't have your rank anymore. You're done. Don't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you talking about, Boyo? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, now I, I did like the actor, the, the character mm-hmm. for the most part. But, but he seemed like a modern drill sergeant. And it's like, yeah, it's like. He played the part. He, well. he played it, but like, okay. So from what you've researched, how would a company sergeant, or I don't know how the fucking ranks worked actually at that point, to be honest with you. Um, they were a little bit simpler. You didn't have as many. You'd have like first well, sergeant. Right, because I know we're all one ranks, but mm-hmm. I don't like it, they they also changed fifty fucking times yeah. from the Civil War to World War One, and then they yeah. changed more to World War Two. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, that's why. Okay, so somebody in his um, the NCO status, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be training troops. How would they have acted from what you've researched? Um, about the same. I mean, just not as as brutal or hostile towards each other. Um, just a lot of yelling and then the, the, the like mind fuck yes. games like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So gods and generals, the, that movie, um, the, yeah. the, the, yep. the, the non-deleted version, um, shows a good amount of that. So you got to remember, this isn't like modern day or, or even world war two. This is a bunch of civilians who are handed these three little books back here and like, okay, go learn. So you're out in the field and you have to learn all of this. Um, Pretty much anybody, if if anybody's, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I believe prior to the Civil War, the United States Army, East Coast to West Coast, was 30,000 troops. It doesn't surprise me. So I'm not going to fact check. Most of those men uh, were dispersed. You know, you train this company, you train this company. Um, And like I said, in Ghana's in general. Really quick, would they have just one NCO doing that? Per company, probably one NCO and probably one officer. And most officers okay. and most officers were voted because you got to remember this isn't like modern day where you go to a recruiter and get shipped off somewhere. You're with your hometown, so that's why I like yeah, where, yeah, where yeah, I'm yeah, from, yeah. Um, Buckingham. It was the uh, I think it was the 21st Virginia Buckingham Leeches. They were called Buckingham Leeches because the captain was Major uh, Captain Leech. That was his last mm-hmm. name. Um, so you're voted into all, so basically if you're the fan favorite of the area, town, county, whatever, you become voted in as Lieutenant or Captain. And it is, it really? is your duty to lead your men. Cause I mean, think about it. We're not going to elect, uh, Nate to be the company commander. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause Nate, Nate, I'm voting him out want, of the town, off the yeah, island, out of Maryland. He's the drummer boy in the back. You want somebody like you, you want he basically could be the like water the, boy. Yeah. yeah, there you go. The, uh, but so, so Les, you're saying like officers at that point were elected by local municipalities and shit like that. Like, yeah, because that's who's going. The whole county basically is going to war. So you want basically you don't want the town drunkard being the officer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like it's it's basically electing a sheriff in the time of war. Yes, exactly. So you basically Holy fuck, I didn't know you bet. Yeah, you basically want. I mean, what 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 better way to do that? You you think? I, I mean, you you think about somebody in your area. We're all going to war. Yeah. Who do you want leading your company of a hundred men? So you all put well, you it don't to know, a. Most you of all, these guys could be stand up dudes, but they they've never been to war. But like, well, that's no, the thing. It's just it's just kind of yeah. a baffling idea exactly. to me. But like, I I didn't know it, it but it's like 
it, it's like, okay, that, that makes is. a lot of sense because it's, I mean, it's better than British yeah. system was like, well, okay. I come, I come from royalty and I've got the oh, money, the fuck, which yeah. fell apart in the first world war. And everybody <laughs> yeah, was like, exactly. you guys fucking, you guys <laughs> fucking suck worse than us working class plebes. Yeah. So yeah, you, you, you basically like, wow. well, he's the town lawyer. He's educated. He can lead us. We'll like vote him to. Oh my god! Yeah. That's, so that's it's not like it's not like, you know, vote for Smitty, vote for Smitty, and then Nate's over there like, I'll no, put it in my just, hat. It's no. basically you sign him in. You go. So was Shaw elected, or did he just? Mm. You said he enlisted. He enlisted, like, and with his family wealth, I guess you could say, he was given a, a lieutenancy. Um, but then with his family being so well versed in the in the uh, emancipation. And everything like they they were, yeah, big wigs in it. Like I said, he was against yeah. it at the beginning, um, which is it's ironic. I can't remember his name now, but he was he did he did turned it down several times. But his friend, who was in command of I think the first Massachusetts Cavalry, convinced him to take it. So eventually he did. It wasn't like in the movie where, which I understand why they did it in the movie. You know, it's time, time, time. But it, it took him I think several days to be like, hey. uh, what do you think? And his friend in the first, he was the captain, I think of the first Massachusetts cavalry was like, you should, you should take it. Like it's, you're, you're going to get to be a colonel. You're going to lead a regiment and you're, you're going to do well, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he did eventually accept it. Um, and a little, like I said, the, the small details, if you look in through, I think one of the camp scenes, there's a wagon that comes through camp with cross sabers and a one over it. First Massachusetts cavalry. Which would make sense because they were attached to the fifty four. Yeah, it's a little yeah, small details yeah. like like you only see it for like two seconds. The little wagon comes. Well, the, to camp. Yeah, I, I know about details like seeing. Yeah, it's just so wild having shit and yeah. Um, yep. really cool. Yeah, so like I said, that that's he got it because they were like we need somebody. He's a combat veteran. Officers are not that great in supply because if you didn't know, most of the West Pointers or men who went to West Point sided with the South. Except the Navy. A lot of the Navy guys stayed northern. Why is that? I didn't know that. That I don't know too much about because I'm not Navy like you. I'm not, I'm not, you know. <laughs> um, not, not a Bay Town. Yeah. I guess. No, yeah. no. I'm, I'm a land lover. Look, they take, look, they take all the girls in the bars. Okay. They're not that cool. The, right. the only Navy, <laughs> the only Navy I care for is the Brown Navy. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a, it's, a, it's a real thing, Nate. Stop being immature. Gosh. <laughs> It's basically we like we've got more boats than men. Let's yeah. recruit some infantrymen. All right, go patrol the, the uh, Mississippi Delta. <laughs> the Brown Navy. You, okay. use, <laughs> use cotton square bales for armor. Yes, it worked. It, it worked at the it's, time. Yeah, at the yeah, time, it's, it's soft yeah. armor. It, yeah, the yeah. shell goes in, sticks. And you're like, <laughs> you start throwing some of just some Mauser through them, and uh, 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 you got a problem. But like, uh, yeah, but uh, that time. Yeah, actually, the training was real good. It was real good. Um, the bayonet. Training. So, so what I'm, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I guess I was asking, like, so the techniques, the uh, obviously they're marching, and they didn't have uniforms. I understand that the supply. So that was a misconception too. That was a misconception oh. as well too. All right, let's when, talk about that then. When they enlisted, they got uniforms. Now, I understand really kind of why they did it for the film. Like, oh, you know, they're the extra people. Now, I don't know if that was because, like I said, we we always have to remember this is a product of its time 35 years Correct. ago when there was not a lot of information. Um, and I'll throw this out there real quick too. Um, if I can find it, 
So we all know that this needed a this movie needed a lot of extras. Yep. Um, they gave a big uh, credit to them in the you know, the ending credits. So obviously, all the reenactors. Lots, yeah. A lot of big name actors now that yes. are in this. Even yep. even B rated actors like um, who's that guy who had the facial scar who died like a year ago? He was in. The oh, movie. yeah. He had a very like he had a very minor role. He was in that. He's the guy in from the Wire too. The guy from The Wire and Boardwalk Empire, and like he's had a ton of roles. Yeah, since he was in Gladiator, um, wasn't he? No, you're thinking of um, the guy from Blood Diamond. Oh, are, yeah. are you doing that black guy with the scar that played um, um, Chalky White? Yeah, in in Boardwalk yeah. Empire. He oh, died. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, died. He died. yeah. He overdose. died last year. Yeah, overdose. What the fuck? OD. Yeah, yep. well, I didn't um, hear that. Yeah, it was either an OD yeah. or a heart he was condition. In there. He was in this film. Yeah, uh, for I like didn't... for like. Five seconds or five. I didn't even. Like, I didn't see him. Yeah. Scene. yeah, he's in the very back. I can recognize because he's got the scar. And uh, damn. Then there's uh, obviously Denzel Washington, the guy with the glasses, yep. the the educated guy. He's in um, yeah. that Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's yeah. the captain. Yeah, yeah. he's Brooklyn Nine Nine. This was yeah. this was his first film, and this was uh, Denzel Washington's first film winning an Oscar for best supporting wow. yep. or actor. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. On, Andre Brower is that guy. Okay. Andre Brower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Fuck here, I got dead? the numbers. Yeah, he died last year. So Fucking stupid. <laughs> prior to Glory, there was roughly 50,000 Civil War reenactors. Um, 50,000. 50,000 yeah, yeah. American Civil War reenactors yeah. for the world, of the yep. U.S. And then now, yeah. How many do you think were black? Civil War reenactors? 200. Five. No, no, like <laughs> 15. I was close. Yeah, oh, I was close. Wow. You guys were close. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The year after this Just film knowing... came out, it jumped to a hundred, which doesn't seem like a lot numerically, but in the but reenacting in the reenacting lot. community, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Just one it year is, is after. It is very huge. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Welcome to Murray or Murray. You know. Okay. So it says here that before two thousand one, uh, how many reenactors were there for Easy Company five hundred six hundred first? The number says um, twenty seven. After the debut of, of the show on fifty thousand uh, channel, seven every seven million, every one the of ruffling them. of the paper. Yeah, the survey yeah. says uh, two million. Mm. So, and all of them <laughs> couldn't fit out of a real C forty seven. So all yeah. of no, them, could... one point yeah. seven five million can't. Nathan, dude, though, a lot of the five hundred six Easy Company reenactors make me look like I just walked out of Auschwitz. <laughs> <laughs> like they're they make me look like a fucking fine specimen. <laughs> Less, compared to them and i'm like i'm a uh, fat dude but i'm like but, oh my god like wh- what yeah. <laughs> Re- react to cook or something like i don't know something that's like not a fucking frontline airborne infantryman and they're 25 years too old that's what, um, well, that's peak, least, yeah peak airborne yeah, performance okay yeah, that, yeah, that's very they'll plunge, interesting. They'll plunge to it's earth like, a lot faster than the normal. Yeah, man. what's our weight limit on the plane? Oh, you got two fucking paratroopers on here, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's just take off our C forty seven. You don't need a parachute. Oh, oh wait, Mike, Mike. I'm sorry. They put armor plates in the bottom of the C forty seven. We can only take mm-hmm. one of them now, not two. Oops. Yeah. Whoops. Um, that's, that's not good. That, that's very interesting, though, Les. And it just goes to show how a movie can really, you know, infect the culture and stuff. Like, for example, well, Saving Private Ryan. We, like, honest to God, like. Well, I was just going to gonna say with Saving yeah, Private Ryan. Ryan. Yep. Yeah, attending the thought. Um, so yeah, so you know, like with Saving Private Ryan stuff, for example, you know, like. When I started getting involved in history and stuff, I did like World War II airsoft and stuff. Yeah. And literally, because of Saving Private Ryan, it jump started that whole thing because Tokyo Marui in the late 90s launched their Thompson, their yeah. airsoft Thompson, which became huge everywhere. And it literally was only because 
Tom Hanks went of Omaha Beach with the fucking M1A1 Thompson. Yeah, you know. Through the so <laughs> it's just interesting how it can uh, you have those influences. But I didn't know that about Glory. So, but it makes sense. It's it's a good yeah. war or a good. It's a good. Um, you <laughs> it's know, a great war. war. It's so, a hell of a yeah. war here. It's a good yeah. war. There's a YouTube short. Yeah, this is how I won the war. Great movie. This is how I won the war. <laughs> hey, looking like that, you know. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He knows. Where my hearty head got my heart yeah. attack. We were the Hardy I mean, Boys. It went right through by the birds. <laughs> oh God, bringing that back. <laughs> oh, so, all back. So that's the other thing in the movie too. Like, so you got to imagine a a, <laughs> a five hundred. I'm, I'm not laughing at you, Les. I'm sorry. I no, I'm sorry. That's that's the uh, the that's the sixty nine caliber ball. What do you got there? This is a fifty eight caliber. Fifty eight. Yep. Mini. Ow. Five hundred fifty yeah. grains. And it's yep. going super subsonic. Like when it goes to the air, it sounds like a bee. Like and the only the only way I can explain it when it hits, it sounds like someone's taking a wooden bat and hitting a sandbag. Oh, yeah. Ow. So that's where most of the casualties came from. Is not from really just you know you don't have sheer blunt trauma like a thirty out six like you know that initial impact just stops the heart and you're done. It's flesh bone it's just tearing it apart and then the infection sets in etc cetera, etc cetera. because you know we had great doctors back then <laughs> so i mean yeah stop they, the cutting please yeah. stop the cutting great, butch, great butchers now yeah so i mean that that's basically all you really could do i mean it, when the bone is shattered in like 50 pieces in that little small area it's not it cannot grow better it cannot heal so you're like well let's break out the old uh hacksaw and go to town <laughs> sew it up and give you some liquor and send you on your way, big boy. You'll get a pension for the rest of your life. It's all not gonna be much, but you know. But um, and, and the liquor doesn't thin your blood enough to you bleeding out faster. <laughs> hey, but I mean, hey, we won't talk about that. Feels hey. great though, man. <laughs> Feels great. Yeah. Time. I'm, I'm all right, but I'm, my legs off. But yeah, I don't even yeah. fucking feel it. But um, <laughs> yeah. Morgan Freeman, man, crushed the dude's awesome. So was Denzel. I mean, great. But the, the only little gripes that I would say would probably be, uh, I don't know how you would replace him because he's such a great actor and he's such a great role in this film. But Frederick Douglass's oldest son was actually the Sergeant Major of the 54th. That would have been no kind of cool. That would have been kind of cool to hint on or put in, you know, he that Frederick Douglass's son, oldest son, he had two sons in the 54th. The oldest one was the Sergeant Major. Um, huh. I don't know how you would have put that in. Um but that that would have been a neat little homage to to him. Yeah, yeah, that would have. Um, one thing that I was just going through all the characters, uh, the who played who in this movie. I saw you know um, the uh, Bob Gunton who's in this movie. Uh, he's the prison warden in Shawshank Redemption. He's uh, oh he's, yeah. he's in this movie. Yeah, I forgot the guy. He's like the guy who's the general who's in charge of the units who are like re- pillaging and all that stuff. Yeah, and oh, that um, was him. I, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he was like the guy in charge of all that, and um, I looked up uh, who the guy he's who he's supposed to be, and that guy was like, in real like in reality, 29. was like, tw- he's like, yeah, yeah, he was like, <laughs> tw- I think he's twenty six years old, yeah. and he was not like he didn't do shit like that. No. <laughs> so no. it's like, damn, I, they I just think, fucking shit all over this guy's, I think, you know, it, legacy. I think it happened, but not to the degree to degree like they were talking about, like, oh, you know, he's raping and pillaging the whole South. Like, I, I think it was like, well, this is unaccounted for. I'm, might as well take it back to my headquarters. They made it seem like that was his sole purpose yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, making a business. 
Um, but yeah. that, that's that's a repetitive thing throughout the whole movie. Um, I don't remember how old uh, well, not Zwick, but uh, Roderick was, but he was only like twenty three or something. Like a majority, the majority of the Civil War, all the men were roughly, I think, twenty four. Rarely do you see men above forty. Like Lee, obviously, was above. He was like uh, fifty six, I think. Mm-hmm. But you rarely see anybody older. Like it's all like, plus you've got to remember like this is pre, Oh, he's age of consent. Like I think the youngest soldier was a union. I think he was a drummer boy and he was like seven and he, mm-hmm. he got, he got Sergeant stripes because he held up like four Confederates and they were like, you're not going to take us prisoner. He's like, click, watch me. And they're like, all right. <laughs> Give you one of the big so, red bitches. Yep. So if you look, <laughs> he'll kill you just like anyone else. Uh, yep. Can't remember his um, name. But yeah, he. Well, he was, that's so, also a good point, too, Les, is like the average age is 24. Like in combat arms, like that's still pretty true. It's like between, I guess, 18 and 28 would be the average age of combat arms guys like actually fighting. The average, you know, like there, there's outliers, of course, but like. People are like, oh, they're always just, they're just kids. It's like, yeah, well, twenty four year old's still a fucking kid. Like, if you really look at it, oh yeah, when you're twenty four, you're still a kid. But you know, in combat and like in in the time of war, like that guy's got a commission. That guy's leading these guys, and it's, it's there's not much of an age difference, and it's 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 fun to like think about that. Like, I know it's just yeah. the, the the boomerism shit yeah. like that I see on Facebook all the time is like, oh, they're just kids. It's like, yes. Yeah, because you physically cannot fucking do this mm. <laughs> past the age of about 28. I'd oh, say yeah. is your, unless you're like a, a fucking guru and like your, your, your genetics are perfect. Like it's rough on the body, especially the yeah. American Civil War is like you, you, you've got fucking brogans. You've got fucking you don't have good gear. Let's just face it. Yeah, so that's... You have shit gear, and you're sleeping on the fucking ground. Exactly. That's what I'm about to get to. These men, pardon yep. the pun, back then, were, they were hard. Like, they were not, yeah. like, I didn't get a Pop-Tart in my MRE. Like, they're going days without food, and when they do, they get a hard tack, which is basically flour and water <laughs> formed into a hard biscuit. Like, you, you can't bite it. You have to literally... You, you soak it in that, water you and... suck on that bitch. Yeah. Take, maybe, take a rifle butt and break hydrate. it. Yeah. 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 And they were sleeping out, like, Till December, not even, and that's a common misconception too. Like, oh, everybody had a tent or anything. No, it's no these these poor guys slept under a tree if they were lucky. Yep, under the stars, rain, everything. Yeah. Yep. Um. So talking about uh, real people like Robert, you know, Sean, stuff like that. Um. Are any of the the black characters in this movie, like Denzel Washington's character and Morgan Freeman's character, are any of these guys real people? Were they were they all just fiction yeah from what i researched and looked into um no none of them not not even um uh, what is his name uh the guy who played the guy uh andrew andre drower plays his his friend thomas yes he's not real Mm -hmm. and neither is uh carrie uh yule's character he's not real he he is based off of a uh major cat at forbes I'm sorry, Major Cabot Forbes was based off of uh, Edward N. Holloway, who took over the 54th after uh, Colonel Shaw died at uh, at Fort Wagner. Fort Wagner, yeah. 
And so there was a lot of uh, little, you know, inserting yeah. fiction into this. Exactly. Like I said, going back, I, I think it was just a, uh, a product of its era. We don't know how much information they had, um, but he, he wanted something to put out to the audience, and it was great. Um, and I was going to save it for later, but there was a – the first African-American who was awarded the Medal of Honor was from the 54th at Wagner. Oh. So – Was it posthumous? No, uh, he got it. I think thirty years later. Um, <laughs> oh, course, yeah. wow! Because it, it took you know, obviously, you know, being a man of color and also, yep. Um, God, what was his name? But he basically went into the fort. He was the one who grabbed the flag after, and he 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 crawled on his hands and feet all the way back to the medical tent. Um. And he, he, his famous words was, I did my duty, boys. The flag never touched the ground. And he was shot, I think, upwards of seven times. And Jeez. he never recovered. Oh he never fully recovered from his wounds, but he, he did his yeah. duty. And, that, and that's yeah. another thing. Like I said, they they don't you – don't, you don't find men like that no more. It's, it's – eh, I don't want to. No, this man saw a devotion to the flag in Colonel Shaw and his – Federal, uh, federal uh, fellow men, and he crawled all hands and knees with the flag all the way back. And there's actually a photo of him, if I could find his name. Um, uh, Sergeant William H. Carney. He was the flag bearer. Um, and he was he was awarded the Medal of Honor. But um, yeah, there, there's a famous photo of him with the uh, flag. Yeah, I just yeah. found it. It's all it's it's. The poor thing is just so tattered, but he he made it. Well, and he's he he has to stand with yep. a cane while he's yep. holding it. Actually, he never recovered from his wounds. That's how bad he was shot up. But that was the other thing I wanted to touch on too. In training, I forgot about it. Uh, flogging was outlawed. So, right, right. So yeah, that's yeah. let's let's talk about that for a second. Um, yeah, flogging. If I could find the date, I will just say I don't think they had BDSM whips there. So oh, oh, nine, that that was I, that was ridiculous. Yeah, was that like black leather? I couldn't. Yeah, I yeah it yeah. looked like someone yeah. went to the fucking local porn shop and fucking said, "Okay, now don't." It's a hot topic in the back room. Yeah, yeah. August fifth, eighteen sixty-one. Flogging the U.S. Army was outlaw. <coughs> yeah, because I, I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, I get well. Like so they probably didn't have this information, maybe because you know this was eighty. Sure, this was eighty nine. Yeah. They didn't have yeah. the internet. So it's, does our yeah. local library have it? No. Okay, we'll assume. Um, well, yeah, you will assume. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, also we, it makes we, a point. Yes, and I get yeah, that. Yeah, I get the point. That's right especially when they but it's rip like, off the shirt and you see yeah. the previous cars. You're like, yeah, exactly. I've got to do my duty, and I can't. I need to make an example of him, but I, then again, I can't not do my duty. You know. No, the scene. The scene is not what I'm making fun of. It's more of the prop that is. Yeah, 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 right. It just looks ridiculous, but yeah. you know, yeah. And I think that was to more me, of it a just Navy looks thing, like. I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah Navy. Hmm. Navy. Navy's had like nine, like almost like nine tails, almost yeah. like stuff. The kind of nine tails. Yeah. With the hooks. Yeah, that's what the Navy had for sure. Not good. No, that's and that definitely was fucking awful. They, I haven't found a, I haven't found like an old Navy movie that has not represented that gruesomely. 
I'm mm. sure there is one out there somewhere that's like, stop, stop hitting me, stop. But we'll see. We got mashing commander. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Yes. Well, well there's, there's gonna yes. be so many people that are in the Navy or like uh, Navy vets, like listening to this, be like, "We're not all gay." Just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> As Brian said, wrong. The paper says wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. False. Wrong. Wrong. Believe me. Um, wrong. I know. Great. Great guys. Wonderful guys. But they're gay. I, I've known a lot of guys in the Navy. Great <laughs> people. Great people. Let me tell you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Nate. Sorry, that caught me off guard. Um, how did um going into the the actual like what? There's like what two battle scenes in this movie? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, technically, I think it's three because you have Antietam, which was I think was filmed right. Yeah, the 125th Gettysburg, and then you yeah, got I think James so, yeah. Island. James Island is filmed at um, a lusty battlefield. Um, which was actually this previous weekend or this yesterday, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which oh, Lusty was actual actually after Wagner, which I'll hit on that later. Um, and then yeah. you have Fort Wagner, uh, Wagner, um, which there's misconception with the movie. Um, they did not do a great. Uh, how, how do you say it? it? It says in the film Wagner was never taken, uh, which is the lawyer word yes it's true but wrong it was taken <laughs> um after being bombarded for two months the confederates like nah deuces we don't need this pile of sand no more and the yanks <laughs> walked in they were like all right it's ours now so it wasn't like taken right. forcefully <laughs> but it wasn't it was basically just handed over they're like yeah hey, we don't need this no more you can have it <laughs> so there are but you can't put that in the ending no. credits because it's not as yeah. dramatic. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, you could. Yeah, I guess you could. They could, no, but it wouldn't yeah. be as, you know, it's they like, wanted. It's also like Albert Blythe, you know, died in 1947. Right, they just didn't bother to. Yeah. to I, I think there should be like a little asterisk. Like, it did surrender, or it was left a month or two later. But Did they, nice. starve, did, that's did, how... did they starve him out, or did, or is it was it like a siege type of withdrawal, or was it more just, of like they just wouldn't like literally like you said do a little bit like, of both? Um, they yeah. So in, in the film, they I think they in the film they're like oh there's there's twelve hundred guys in there. Apparently, according to research I found, the Federals were like there's only like two hundred guys in there. We've been pounding this thing for like forty eight hours or whatever it was. It was long. It was a long bombardment, but with. So you got to remember Charleston is like this, 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 like the sea in your hand and Fort Sumter's in the middle. And then mm-hmm. Wagner is on your thumb. So they had basically surrounded all of Charleston, but from Charleston into Sumter, they were like resupplying this fort by rowboat at night. They knew nothing about it. So in the movies, like, Oh, there's like 1200 guys. But in reality, like there's only like 200 guys. They, they can't hold that fort for so long. There was twelve hundred guys in that fort, Jesus and there was, Christ. IFMDB didn't show it, but there there was like uh, I think it was like thirty two pounders, twelve pounders. Uh, I mean they're, the coastal, yes, like, yeah, the, the big fuckers, the ones yeah. you could throw a football down the barrels, it, it just bounces like it's they're they're massive. Yep. Um, I think they fired like five miles out to sea or something. So they're they're big, um, but being made of sand too, you know, shell hits it. Bump, nothing. So it just it's, it's basically the the uh, what's that? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The uh, con, not the Constantine, 
crap. Um, basically sandbags, but they, they, they self-heal. So right. when something hits it, just fan, the sand fills it in, you're done. So you don't have to really worry about mm-hmm. it. So it's not like a brick-and-mortar fort where, like Sumter, where it just yeah. cr- crumbles and down. Sand just kind of reheals itself. You just throw sand over top of it, and you're done. So there's 1,200 guys defending that fort at that time. Hmm. What if that? I mean, what if that's how the the the, te- the text at the end said that instead? Like, the fort was never taken. Then, like ellipses. Well, it sort of was later. Exactly. You know, such yeah. and such. Because like, it kind of like it's like a downer, <laughs> like, like you were saying, like all for nothing. Like these, all, all you know, these I think 700 men charged the fort, and I think mm-hmm. they took like half losses. Nothing. God damn. And just, just for nothing. But then again, yep. Like you said, a little asterisk. Like the fort was never taken by force. But the Confederates were forced to evacuate under heavy pressure from the Navy and from infantry on shore. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, it was only like a month later that they, I think it was like September 17th, I believe. Yeah, they, they were like, yeah, we, we can't sustain this pressure. We're going to pull out. See, this this shit's way more interesting to me when yeah, I find exactly. out stuff like this. Um, Supplied yeah. by rowboat just blows my mind, though. Like, <laughs> Wait, one more time? Like, well, I mean, all you, all you really got to do is bring, bring in gunpowder, mm. water, and food, and that's it. And then, and right. then but but like yeah. but, but like if you think about it, it's like you know, it, you would you would not think of that time that rowboat would be, you you would think it'd almost be like beneath a military to try to do that. Uh, okay, almost. sailor, you only got to use sailboats for supplies. No, 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 that's not what I Rose. mean. I I I I think it's what is this, really really I think it's a really really ingenious way of doing it. But like if you think about just standard way, I mean that's of that's all they had. That's all yeah. they had. I mean you're in a harbor, um, and the wind's blowing off offshore inland and you're trying to go to the show the the right the, uh, it's going to be peninsula. the only way you can do it unless you want to do it by land and obviously they're, and you they're can't off, because so, yeah. The only, yeah the only place they had was uh it was either side it was swampy and i think you could only get one brigade or one uh one division in or something like that at a time and i think those poor guys the union the 54th was were up for like 58 hours or 48 hours prior because they were <laughs> marching through the swamp and they were being um, ferried to the positions. So there's oh, no rest. Jesus Christ. Like in the film, you see them like in camp singing and everything. That may be two days prior, but no. But 48. Not, not, well, yeah, yeah, but when yeah. Shaw, when Shaw in, the, in the film was saying, yeah, he was talking to the general, I don't know who it was, but he's like, you know, you guys have been up for 48 hours straight, and he's like, yeah, we can do it. Mm-hmm. So how accurate was that, do you think? That was fairly accurate. The only thing that was wrong was when... Shaw asked the 54th who's going to carry the flag. It wasn't him who said it. It was actually that general who said, if this man should fall, who will take the flag? Colonel Shaw stepped forward and said, I will take it. But like I said, I don't know when that information came out. That might have been after the movie when people started researching. Yeah, no, out. I'm not I'm not ragging on the movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. just genuinely seeking information. No, as far as, yeah, as, far as I know, that was yeah. all, that was correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty gnarly set. Um, let, I wanted to ask one thing. Uh, when they first start coming over those those knolls and stuff like that, they have uh, like lines of uh, diagonal stakes sticking out. Were those actually things that yes, they did? Yes, that is called uh, chiffre. No, what is it called? It's a French word. It's anti-cavalry. They were used heavily. Oh, okay, to stop yeah, horses. Any, anytime, okay. and actually infantry as well. They, they work great for, for linear combat. But, um, oh, God, I think it's called like chiffre. 
Oh, crap. Um, oh, I think I just found a photo yeah. of it. One second. Here, I'm going to share it in the the, the Steam Yard. Yeah, that, that was going to be one of my next questions was how did the, how did the fort and the digging position, dugging positions look? I mean. So the, the fort, the fort itself looked good. Um, yeah, Cheveux de Free, that's what it's called. It goes, it's a French thing from like the Napoleonic War. Um, so the fort itself was, was done well, I believe. Um, and I don't know why they did this or how it got by, but Fort Wagner is on the northern tip of that island. In the film, they're attacking from the north. They couldn't do that. It's from the south. So I think in retrospect, if they would have went back and they were doing editing, if they would have just have mirrored the images, the flags, some of the guns would have been reversed. But if you cut it back, maybe like a second each, maybe it would have been all right, or zoom out off of the troops or something. But yeah, the, the attack came from the south. That's what um, basically happened. But in the film, it came from the north. The fort, I think the fort is like, 100 200 yards from the north of the tip of that island so they couldn't have but every but everything else looked great like even in the film it shows why i don't know if you've ever noticed but most forts they're not like a square so they're 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 like shaped the why they're shaped like a star or, or a weird angle when they aim that cannon down and fire at the adjacent wall that's why that's for you could protect your phalanx you could protect your fellow uh, yep. wall your vedettes um, so when you see that your the gun number two to your right is being pushed, you can take your cannon, aim it down, and fire a canister into all those troops that are advancing and, and protect your own. And that was a good thing that they showed in that film. Yeah, yep. It's um when when was um Fort Wagner built? That I don't remember. Um, yeah, it was fairly early on because they knew the significance of Sumter. So, but it was built during the American Civil War. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because it wasn't like it wasn't hard. It wasn't you know brick and mortar. It was mainly all sand, sandbags, and uh, possibly sandbag, wood. Yeah. Uh, Pretty eight, hasty. Eighteen sixty-two. It says here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's a very very recent. Yep. As far as this film is concerned, like yep. within a year of. Yeah. Interesting. Because yeah, I've been to um, Fort. Um, it's off. Gulfport, Biloxi, Mississippi. It's on the island. I forgot the name of it. Um, so many, I can't remember. Yeah, it's an 1812 war kind of fort. And uh, yeah, it's shaped the same way where it's, 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 I think that was hexagonal uh, or whatever. But like, yeah, it, it had like the interlocking fields of fire. Exactly. Where you could, you, you could do all that. Fort what? McHenry is the same way, McHen- I believe. I was going to say McHenry, but I thought that was, yeah. yeah. McHenry's out here in Baltimore. So yeah. McHenry and uh, this is Fort. I don't know. It's something, but anyway, um, McHenry's also an eighteen twelve fort, obviously. So yeah, yeah, and it's built pretty similarly from yeah. what I know about McHenry. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's like that makes sense that they would just take the technology and be like, okay, well, like, like um, Lester said, just interlocking fields of fire. If if it so comes to that point, yeah. so um, yeah, that's really cool. And that's another thing too. I mean. If you don't German reenacting, most most have hobnails, but on a beach like that, running through the sand, most shoes are are slick on the bottom. They sometimes they have heel plates, sometimes they will have nails, but I mean you're just fighting yourself running through the sand like that. It's I don't horrible. care if you've got fucking Oakley fucking eight inch tactical assault boots on, okay? Yeah, running through sand. Yep, you're fucked. 
And then you get to the uh, eight foot water filled moat after getting yeah. through all the Chavis to free. And then you have the uh, Abati in front of it. It's, it's what is, and what is that? That's the spikes sticking out. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the bottom okay. of it. Um, that's anti cavalry, anti infantry. So you have to like get through those. It's basically you're just setting up a, a huge Tetris field in front of your, you know, in front of your, your works. Well, that's a really old technology because the when we had um 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 I think we had was it Sean on here or who was it when we were talking about the Roman it would like, be, it would be Sean Sean yeah, Sean. yeah. Yep. and trainer he would Sean. say they did the same shit that's a very old technology it's like d- for defensive positions and it's like the spike I mean you'd think okay spikes guys could just run through that okay what you just said a you're physically fucking exhausted you just yep. had to get through about ten fucking you know, natural barriers. Yep. Then you get up there and these things are only about two feet apart. Yeah. And this is not like, shit how skinny you, sorry. Yeah. It's not like Navy SEALs where, you know, you're, you're engaging singularly. You have to be in a formation. So the idea is to Correct. break up the formation, reassemble your formation, then fire. So the longer it takes for them to do that and you can still on top of the fort, the longer they have to pluck them off. Exactly. Yep. The, this photo that I pulled up that has an example of it there, those stakes aren't even a foot apart. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's all it's all SLP. Like you know, when how much like, wood you can get? Yeah. Yep, and, and it's like, yeah. What do we have? Like, put them fucking six inches apart, because that's a very even in modern days, it would still slow people down, and then just you, you take a shitload of casualties e, just trying to get through there. E, e, even with squad based tactics, you still would slow you down. Yeah. So if you go to a modern battlefield today, there's trees everywhere because it's had 150 years to grow. If you go to any, like, especially Petersburg, God forbid, Petersburg campaign is one of my favorites. It's one of my, my, my babies. It's like a barren wasteland for miles. I mean, it looks like it's cut, cut desert. All down. They, for firewood, for fortification, mm-hmm. and anything else, they, it's been all cut. Um, there's one book, I think it was Hardtack and Coffee, where they said they would travel two miles just to get firewood because they Damn. have taken the stumps and they chipped them down with hatchets till there was nothing left. There's no more wood to get for firewood. Because wood back, wood back then that's, was used for everything. Firewood yeah. all year one, long. Yep. One thing I, I'll touch on here that I know. So a few years ago, I took a really awesome tour of the Battle of Gettysburg and stuff. A very good friend who knows a lot about it. And um, he told me something really neat. He was like, you know, we know kind of what the battle looked like at the time because of all the photos that were taken. And, you know... Every year, the Park Service tries to get a little bit closer to, you know, what it looked like back then. And I know a few years ago, you might, I might be wrong in the statement, but I know they, like, put the notch back into, like, where Devil's Den is because there was a notch in that fixture, like, you know, where the trees are and stuff. And it was really cool how, like, you know, they literally are restoring the battlefield back to what it looked like at that time. And that's such a big thing. Because, yeah, anybody yeah. can look at, you know, let's say the Somme. Oh wow, it's a bunch of like, you know, farmland and trees <laughs> yeah. and like it looks nothing like what it nope. did, you know, 110 109 years ago. It's just you had to have been there. Nobody's yeah. going to bring 10,000, you know, Krupp guns out and say, "Okay, see you at 2 o'clock tomorrow, we'll, we'll get the song back for you." <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, like I said, my buddy but, works for Sailors Creek Battlefield, which is not too far from cool. here. It's from here. It's from Petersburg Appomattox. It's the one battle that won the most amount of medal of honors in US history. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 25. So wow. in, in the civil war to win a medal of honor, you don't have to do something extremely outrageous, like kill 30 men and, you know, kill a general back then, simply just grabbing a flag and bringing it back an enemy flag. That's a medal of honor instantly. 
And it, it wasn't back then I get a medal of honor. What they cared about was, shit, shit, man, I get 30 days home. <laughs> I, don't care. Yeah. I don't care about this medal. I get 30 days paid at home. <laughs> so that's what they were like, give me, the, give me that flag. I will kill you for it. <laughs> but at their, at their park, um, it's a state park, they're trying to regrow the land the way it was because since then it had been like a dairy farm or something. So yeah, they're trying to get it back to the way it was. Yeah. Let's see if you do that, you know. But it's something you just don't think about, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's right, time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's like it that. Change. And what's used after the war? After the war. Well, like all the Roman ruins that got destroyed to build houses in the medieval era and stuff. You know, it's just like, well, people got to use stuff, and yeah, you know, only because it something happened there doesn't mean it's special, really. If it's not going to help you get by, you know, who gives? They a don't shit? give a fuck about that being part yeah. of history. It's <laughs> no. a great part of uh, Patton. Well, they go through the battles of uh, yeah. Castrian Pass in Tunisia and everything. And it's like all the looters and stuff for the Arabs. It's like, yeah, fucking, I don't know this guy and I don't know that guy, but this watch works. You know, like, fucking, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what works. So, but. The, uh, that one, one real quick, one real quick thing, though, Les, and I was hoping you'd actually comment on it, is that, you know, we constantly talk about, yeah, we constantly talk about, you know, <laughs> preserving history and stuff like that. And you had talked to me about, that house that you had gotten to go save that graffiti. I was, uh, I was yes. hoping you could talk oh. about that. Cause I actually was, I'm so I'd love, I'd love for them to hear this. That That's very interesting. Um, I am a board member on the Appomattox Petersburg preservation society apps is what we call it. Um, we're on Facebook, um, all the social media outlets and, um, the previous president, um, I, I guess somehow got word that this abandoned house had, Civil War writing inside. And he found out who the landowner was, contacted him, if he could go inside and look. And um, it, it's right in route previous, prior to uh, Sailor's Creek. Um, it's in Deatonville. And um, he went into the house, and sure enough, in the upstairs, it's, it's an old house, you could definitely tell, but when he got upstairs, you know, the stairs are like two and a half feet wide. They're not wide at all. He gets upstairs, looks around, and vaguely sees like remnants of uh, pencil drawings on the wall. And one is like a little cartoon face. One has a bunch of it's the names and whatnot. And he got to doing research and found this man was uh, one poor soul, man. He was shot, I think, in the kneecap and fell down. And when he regained consciousness and got up, the poor bastard got hit by a uh, a messenger horse, and that hurt him. <laughs> that hurt him worse, and he never recovered from that versus the bullet. But he made it mm-hmm. back. He made it back to that uh, house, and I think they found the journal or something online of the surgeon. I think he was like from New York. He was a surgeon. He he talked about that house, who owned it. Uh, the man called it Bachelor's Rest because um, that was like his house. In the countryside, he lived like in Newport News or Norfolk or something, I believe. But he lived there as like a getaway home. It was a little little small house on the side of the country. And I believe we estimated that house to be built in like 1750. And we went up and we cut the walls out because the, the house was falling down. And we got permission to raise money to purchase the walls. Um, and they're in the process of being uh, maintained and stored until we could find a more permanent place to uh present them more than likely at sailors creek battlefield uh state park but uh yeah that that was one of the, like the high points like we got to go around in this house 
Um, the doctor talks about, you know, I've amputated a, a Confederate lieutenant, I think it was either leg or knee. I mean, just being able to like see this written down and then being able to actually like touch it. Like you're there, this man 160 years ago wrote his name on this wall as he th thought, Hey, I might die. I'm going to put my name here. Hmm. And you're there touching it. Like history you can touch. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's like his way of his way of, you know, leaving his mark on history and he was able to because of exactly. what you've done. Yep. You know. Until I took the angle grinder to now. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what uh, we had really to cool. resort to. We had to cut it out of the wall. Mm. But yeah, it's it's the it's a uh, horsehair uh drywall. So when you cut oh, it you wow. see like little, yeah, you oh. see the horse, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Super not healthy, but yeah. <laughs> Respirators goes. and stuff. Did you yeah. did you cut a wall out of a colonial house? Do you also have mesothelioma? <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. You're entitled for historical compensation. Before they knew yeah, about right. asbestos, like God, why did they just use asbestos? <laughs> yeah. Um, the the um the the tactics actually in the battle scenes. That was my next subject. That I wanted to ask you. Did you um did you see anything that stood out that was kind of like modern day terms of calling out or anything stupid like that that might so little reenactor pet peeves like i said this is you gotta remember 1989 um most manuals refer everything in singular so there's no fixed bayonets or uh stuff like that it's it's or re you don't reload it's it's load ready aim mm -hmm. fire mm -hmm. load um, there's no reload. There's no uh, fixed bayonets. It's fixed bayonet charge bayonet because you're speaking to the individual soldier. Uh, but that's, that's mm. like I said, it is a very minute detail which I can overlook well, completely. That's, a big, that's not a minute detail. That's a big one. Um, but as far as formations, no. I mean, they all looked amazing. Because uh, I think I was talking to Nate about this earlier. Um, like take Gettysburg for example. You're using volunteers who are almost subject matter experts in this field. And what better way to use that? Like you, you don't want just some guy off the street, like here's a blue uniform and, and they bring their own equipment too. So it's the best of both worlds. You don't, most of the time, like Gettysburg, you don't even have to pay these guys. As long as you prove to them that you're doing it with the best of intentions and you're doing it honestly and historically correct, you're golden. They'll treat you like a king. But if you're going to do some sappy ass love story, that's hey, I, I want to talk about you know this. Well, that, and the other. you know Lincoln was a vampire slayer. He was, <laughs> and I, I I dread the day when that becomes reality when kids come home from sky or middle school and they're like, oh, there's vampires in Lincoln. Like, Ch -ch -ch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I, just look at the flowers. Just look at the flowers. Yeah, look at the pretty yeah. flowers. I got twelve years invested. I can try again. But <laughs> like, uh, I can't remember. It was Gallagher, uh, the author. Uh, he said it. Oh, I thought you meant the. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he, <laughs> he said it best, I believe. He, when he was at Coldwater, <laughs> he was talking about. <laughs> but he he said it best, man. Like anybody that tries to play Lincoln after. Uh, Robert, or uh, 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 not Robert, Daniel Day Lewis, Lewis. They're a fool. Yeah. That guy hit it nail in the head. Like so, it's, that's what I, I heard. I uh, last night I, I was like, I, I was like, okay, cool. Let me you know, do some prep for this. You know, I'll watch tomorrow. But let me watch something. So I'm like, let me watch Lincoln. 
I haven't seen it. You know, it'd be cool. I've heard a lot of good things about it, whatever. So I started it and I fell asleep and we're still in the 1865 period. So I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if he dies or whatever, but really good movie. Very long, <laughs> very boring. I'll, I'll spoil uh, it for yeah, you. Yeah. He dies. Uh, no, what? <laughs> I, you know. I, I, I just remember a lot, a lot of things from the set, like how he was method acting the whole time and stuff. But uh, no, it was uh, it was funny. <laughs> Fucking, yeah, it's a very long movie, but I totally yeah. agree with you. You know, you can't beat that. Yeah, he, just the same thing with um, Downfall. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's yeah. just it's best Hitler. The, the best you can get as, as far <laughs> Not as. Not a good thing to say about people. Yeah. But you're the yeah. best Hitler. You know, it's, well, it's, uh, something, man. You know, the grass is always green. You got to look at the light side. <laughs> <laughs> Les, if somebody told you that, you know, you, you, you pull off a great Goebbels. You know, like I could, I could see you. <laughs> no, he you doesn't. Know. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he but luck, thank doesn't. God he doesn't. But like, imagine if that was your shtick. Like, hey. Oh. That's the Goebbels guy, you know. This like, guy, like, this guy's Ernst Grum. That's who he is. <laughs> yeah, I heard you on the radio the other week. Yeah. You know, <laughs> fucking yeah. Nothing but, but the uh, troops. <laughs> the Russians never make it past the odor. No, they never will. But um, yeah, it's a very interesting movie, though. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's definitely one of the better Civil War films for sure. Yes. So, like I said, I didn't want to pick uh, Gettysburg just because it's. One, it's low-hanging fruit, and two, it's based <laughs> off of books, not the actual. Uh, it's not historically inaccurate, but it's not like a documentary. Yeah. Um. There's yeah, stuff. Yes. There's stuff that they left out. Like, um. Okay, I wanted to hit on this too. It, it follows the books, so like Culp's Hill, that's completely left out of the whole book. Um, Culp's Hill was where one of my ancestors passed away at. Um, that's on the uh, other side of the battle of Pickett's Charge. It happened at the same time. It went on for like two days. And that's that's a misconception about the Civil War, too, is it's all these linear tactics, you know, lining up shoulder to shoulder and just fighting each other. That's not – that's where, like, most of the big battles were like, oh, shit, we just got caught off guard and they're on our tail. We need to fight back. That's when that engagement happens. Petersburg, Vicksburg, almost all of these big battles, they're entrenched. Culp's Hill at Gettysburg was one big entrenchment. And and I don't mean like we're just going to like dig a foxhole and fire back. No, they're like fortifications chest deep with a headlog above you. So all you can see is like chin to eye level and you're firing a musket under that. And that's all they have to fire back at you. Like you said, the single shot. And you can only get three shots off a minute if you're if you're good. There, there's. I'm just going to jump in really quick and just say this because I've been wanting to say it the whole time. But this, like, what you just said, fucking, it'll it'll draw a parallel to a lot of people that are listening. Is the similarities, like, the more I learn about the American Civil War, and because I like World War One, I'm mm-hmm. fairly into that. The similarities in the fucking tactics themselves, not the Perfect. technology. Perfect. Yes, I know where you're going. Yep. Yep, and. The old school of warfare, which involved trenches, a little bit of line warfare, but only yep. in the really big engagements, the charging, bayonets, cavalry to an extent, World War I, yep. kind of updated by the machine gun, but like there's so many similarities that whenever I learn more about the American Civil War, I'm like, this, yeah. is, this shit from the 1860s to the 1910s, that's the mentality that everybody fucking had. So the joke. And it took. I'm the, sorry. The, the joke is: Do you know how to tell between a Civil War battlefield and a World War One battlefield? No. The barbed wire. 
Right. <laughs> That's it. Like yeah, right. there, I mean, if you go to Petersburg and see those trenches, like in pictures, they're identical almost. Identical. And they had, they had spine, they had yeah. periscopes in the yeah. civil war. Yeah. And it's like, they, they, they made them out of mirrors and shit like that, but like mm-hmm. they had periscopes, they, they had fucking communication trenches. It's like, yeah, it's the same. Cause all, all you do <clears> is you go to the first world war and at the beginning in like August of 1914, it's like, Okay, it's new. It's it's this whole thing, and then you go. Oh well, we can just kill each other at longer ranges. Yeah, let's just dig in. Yep, exactly. And it's like same fucking thing. You could say the same thing with the Franco-Prussian War in comparison to that. Well, no, well, that's what, what I'm saying is it did, did not yeah. change from yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, but, the eight Napoleonic I, Wars until the First World War. Yeah, no, in my exactly. I, I'm so. just I'm just comparing it to our last conversation where yeah. where we had talked about the Franco-Prussian War and similarities to World War One as well. Mm-hmm. It's like you can mm-hmm. even tailor it to this conversation as well of those comparisons. And Any conflict like between basically the Napoleonic Wars to because World War One was like okay, now we've got new technology that we're trying to fight and get around these old tactics that mm-hmm. we've been using for fucking ever. And it's like okay, we got airplanes, you got tanks, you got mortar or well, no, they had mortars then. We've got accurate, you know, whatever, fire. Okay, that's fine. It's still the same exact fucking bloody concept. I'm not saying bloody as in, like, fucking, like British people say. I'm saying bloody concept. Like, how can we inflict the most fucking damage on our enemy? And yeah, in the American Civil War, same fucking shit. Same shit. You just can't shoot somebody from fucking a thousand yards away as accurately. Exactly. Actually, yeah. uh, to, to tie into that, actually, Les, you've done a lot of, because you own a bunch of either original or replica, uh, mainly Civil War firearms. What's the max range you can get out on those things effectively, I guess? I've always been curious about that. So the the American firearm, like kind of today, is a an American firearm. It's, it's, it's a combat weapon. It's not a, it's for combat. Uh, ranges. You're not going to be out there. Not, not every rifle is going to be a marksman rifle. So the max elevation on the American rifles was 500 yards, which they're not even really taught. I mean, you, you'd be lucky to get any kind of firearms training. Basically, you're just taught load nine times. If you can do that, you're a good enough soldier. You don't have to hit crap. Just shoot in that direction. Hopefully something hit, you know, um, the British method, though, the British infield, um, that site, I think, goes out to, uh, I think, 900 yards. And I think their yearly qualification, um, Brett Gibbons is probably going to kick my ass if I fuck this up. But I think he he's the, he uh, runs the paper cartridges form, and not the form, but the web page and business. Um, he's wrote several books, and I've read most of them. But their yearly for qualification, I think, is up to 700 yards. Damn. Yeah. Um, 1858? Uh, 1855, I think, is when it was. But they had a Damn. completely they had a completely different cartridge. This is what they used. It is a paper patched bullet that that uh, the bullet faces towards the powder. So you tear off the top, pour the powder, insert the bu- the bullet face up, and then you rip this paper away. So you have a paper patched bullet that cleans itself. Yeah. They took ten years to produce or to uh perfect that cartridge and when the americans got that rifle some of the ammunition came with it and the confederates was like this is a pretty good idea let's replicate this um the american the northern was like eh, we'll go with our burton bullet the, the mini ball that's what they called it um which was not 
So really quick, now that we're on this topic, I was going to ask you this earlier, and now I just reminded me of it. Um, so in the film, they get issued Enfield rifles. Right. Probably the 1858 by 18, that point, right? 1853. 1853 Enfield, the three-band. What am I thinking of 1858? What am, what, what, what am I... Uh, 18, I think they had like a carbine 1858 or a two-band. Okay, like so the 1853, that, my I bad. Think, yeah. I think I, I'm having the same... There might be I, 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 I thought there was something that Enfield yeah. made in 58 that was like a standardized... It I might have been be, a... It might be the two-band, but I don't think many of those made it over to the... the, the Infantry troops. Sure. But we'll go with the 1853. And that was a rifled musket? Correct. That's the one that goes out to uh, about, I think the sight goes out to 900 yards. Yeah. And so, but that, so for 1853, that's a pretty oh, amazing yeah. technology because oh, yeah. they were still using smoothbore 69 caliber muskets. Some units, some units, especially the, uh, I think it's the 69th New York, they preferred the smoothbore because they could use buck and ball. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that's what sense. that's what made the bloody lane, quote unquote, so bloody at Antietam. Once you get into that formation, oh. once you get into that formation in the trench, you just level the muskets in either direction. That three thirty three caliber ball and the sixty nine caliber ball just maximum amount of damage. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But over two hundred yards, you're yeah, pissing you're in fucked. the wind. Yeah, you're pissing in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Um, so yeah, in this film, they're issued crates of like brand new crates of Enfields. Yes. Would that be accurate? And how did they get them? Correct. Um, so if I remember correctly, the U S the, the U S tried to procure, uh, rifles from England and England was like, cha-ching. Yeah. You can have as many as you want. We'll produce as many as you need as well. Um, the Confederacy on the other hand, definitely. I know they, Isaac Campbell, a bunch of those got produced and brought into the the, uh, the CS, but yes. a lot were also confiscated by uh, the Union blockade runners. That's what I was gonna. So they they were like, well, spoils of war, we're going to issue them out. Um, in the film, the only problem I have with it is, period muskets did not have serial numbers on them. That's okay. So, thank you for addressing that. So was... when he's wheeling up, like when he says, you know, the finest rifle in the world. He's right about that because the infield rifle with this Pritchard ammo is the best ammo in the world. At the School of Hythe in England, they loaded and fired a rifle once a day for a year and it never malfunctioned. For a black powder rifle, that is amazing. So they just hit it once a day for an entire year and no fouling, no... Because the bottom of this cartridge right here has wax on it. So the wax will will break down... Yeah, the, yeah the, it seals it, and it also breaks down the previous powder. So uh-huh. it, clean, it, it quote unquote that's, cleans that's it. That self cleaning thing he yep. said earlier. So it's the well, paper. You, no, no, I, I know that, but like yeah. this is actually a step above that. But like because okay. I did it with the Martini Henry, the five seventy seven four fifty later on. But like, damn, yeah. So they fired it once a day for an entire year, and it worked every single time. Yep. Hoof. That actually that, that just goes to show with the right rifle and the right ammunition, you have the perfect combination of a perfect weapon for combat. And the Confederacy, yes. the Confederacy realized this and tried to replicate it. And they did. Yes. Um, not through the exact perfect conditions, but they did replicate it. Um, and so uh, one, one of the reasons that I've heard is a rumor, but it makes sense logistically, that I just want to run by you and ask you is, 
Union troops that were issued the 1853 Enfield liked it because they could procure ammunition from dead Confederate soldiers and not have to cast their own mini balls or worry about supply lines. They could just procure ammunition off of the... Well, you could use the ammunition vice versa from both sides, as long as it's both... Well, yeah, it's 58 50, caliber. Yeah, 57 yeah. or 58, either one, you could still use it. Yep. Um, okay. But okay. The, the Pritchard ammo would just run better because it can... Like I said, when you fired it, it's cleaning your weapon, basically. So is that what they were probably talking about? Is like when we got their cartridges themselves, it was better? Because, Maybe. I've never heard. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of the Union using uh, Pritchard ammo. I know the one the one place where this made news was at Shiloh, and I think, um, I can't remember if it was Grant or if uh, it was Sheridan, but they walked the field. Mine does not have it, but the uh, the British ones had a green piece of tape around it with uh, the manufacturer, you know, made in London. And they walk the field, Jesus. and the paper is intact, like the paper tube, not mm-hmm. this part. But they picked it up, and they read it, and they were like, sons of bitches, they're, the British are helping the Confederacy. Right. So that they, they was like written proof. Like It wasn't like, hey, uh, I heard these guys over here getting help. It's, they picked it up, they're like, they're well, it's more profiteering. Ammun- it's, yeah, it's, they're they're getting ammunition. Tales old as time. Yeah, yep, yep. exactly. And uh, yeah, so that's they've really put a piece of tape on every fucking cartridge. Well, it, it was a, it was a way to hold it together. Yeah, but like they also stamped like London on that. Pe- Jesus. Yep. It's a different time, man. Yeah, it's a different time. That's that's. I but mean, you got to remember, they were being made by women and kids too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they did the same thing with um. The Martini Henry cartridges. Yeah, like that's the, right. The, the soft brass. Uh huh. Yep. They were made by uh, war orphans. Yep. A lot of times, and it's kind of ironic if you think about it. War orphans making <laughs> cartridges to, yeah, be used around the world for various things. But like, yeah, um, no, that's fucking cool. That's every time. Every time we have a guest on that knows a shitload of stuff, <laughs> like very nuanced stuff. My mind gets to a point where I'm like, shit, I got to do more research, but no, I can't go down that fucking rabbit hole. Um, nope. Like I said, Brett Gibbons has two or three good books, uh, Paper Cartridges, The Killer Angel, which The Killer Angel was a quote about the rifle, the new modified. Right. The, the, the 1853 Enfield was basically designed after the 1851 French Manet rifle, which is 69 caliber, yep. and I, I could go on about that later on. But that was a nasty rifle, too. So, do you know anything about the fifty fourth? Actually, what they actually were issued and what they used? Yeah, to my knowledge, Oregon? I think I think they were totally uh, eighteen fifty three infields. Okay, I mean, there might have gotten one or two that got mixed in, but if my understanding, yeah. they were it was all eighteen fifty three infields. Interesting. So they got that part right. Yeah. Yep. Very very cool. Which shouldn't have Except been hard the because numbers. they were they were they were cheap infields for whatever reason are cheaper. <laughs> doesn't make any sense but yeah yeah fucking i just you know it's just incredible you know thinking about getting shot with that stuff but you'll talk about you know how crazy like you know modern gunshot wounds are and stuff and how most infantrymen have to take like you know classes on how to stop gunshot wounds and stuff today and shit but it's just you know insane to think about that (laughs) and on top of that like the blockades and everything that um they used to send firearms through and everything like uh it's interesting Less uh, less has has some really cool uh, videos that he does where he's shooting them, and I'm always blown away. Like a silenced MP40, <laughs> yeah, that's got over a million views. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That blew um, up overnight. Yeah, um, dude. Um, yeah, last when you showed me that mini ball, I had the same mold. I think you have the Lee mold, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And the, yeah. And so what we did is we actually experimented with those and we put a 45 caliber ball in the, in the cavity of the Minet ball and shot out of a fucking 12 gauge. Yeah. And my God, did that work great. Mm-hmm. I mean, devastating. And so it's like, and then we just shot it normal to like kind of see, but like that, that fucking thing hitting you is a lot different than a high velocity. Exactly. Like a five, five, six, or, yeah. you know, a seven, six, two, three, nine or five, four, five. It's like, it, it's just, it's you're the, wherever you get hit on that. You're the entire part of your body is completely fucked. It's such an anomaly because a, a friend of mine was doing research for his County and he was writing a book and one of his poor bastards was shot in the face and returned to duty. He was shot below. He was shot below. The, he was shot below the eye. What did he get hit with? Uh, I, from my understanding, it was a fifty-eight mini ball. So it wasn't in the T. The uh, the the the. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. He was Your shoot, eyes he was, and nose. Yeah. yeah. So he was shot below the cheekbone, and returned to duty, like several months later. How in the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, dude. That that is a sign from God to go home and live a very <laughs> long and uneventful life. Yes. <laughs> Not how the fuck do you get the calls needs okay. me? Like no, 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 I don't think they need you. No, you go home and you fucking you just you have a good life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, man, that's. that's but you you hear you hear that like all these generals, like um I think one of the generals in the movie he was shot prior, and he's like oh, six months. All right, I'm back, boys. Yeah, you know I'm doing do much better now. Like. Damn, man! Like you, you were, you were actually shot. You, you could go home. Like you know, like they don't really yeah. need you. There's other up and coming officers and generals. They don't really need you. But it, it's, it's, it happens all the time. Like General Jackson, like his arm was buried with yeah. posthumous honors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Like these guys just, well, yeah. I'm good. But yeah, I got, like you said, a lot harder. But like. I mean, you could say that, but I mean, still getting shot with a five-five-six probably isn't going to be fun. Oh no, no, it just <laughs> it just burns. <laughs> it went right through, but it burns. Yeah. Um. Anyway, all right. So Nate pulled up IMFDB. So we we do this as you know, in episodes. So the eight fifty one Navy. Yeah, you're gonna have to walk us through this, Les. Yeah, there you go. So, um, of- this revolver is pretty interesting. Um as far as Colt. So this one, you, you have a wedge. If you look just from the cylinder, you can pull that wedge out like this. You take the whole barrel off and that's how you switch out the cylinder. Um, unlike the Remington where the Remington comes out, like in the Clint Eastwood film, I can't remember which one it was, but you can switch out the cylinders. Oh, that's the good, the bad and the ugly. Yes. Yes. So you can switch out that cylinder while the frame is still together. This one, it just came out earlier. Um, it's 36 caliber. Um, the more modern ones are 44, which is inaccurate because they did not make this model in 44. They made the new army, which the biggest difference really is the barrel, instead of being octagon on the outside, is is uh, smooth, it's round. And interesting, that guy that uh, he's intimidating, he became a school teacher in, uh, I think, North Carolina after the uh, after being an actor. And then, like, I think, oh, one, he returned to being an actor. Oh, and go back up a little bit. So that whole, that, that whole scene right there, when he's, um, when they, the, the cavalry come in, 
that would not really have happened if they had bayonets on like that. Because guard against cavalry, you put the butt of the rifle on your hip and then just extend your left arm. So the bayonets are like glistening towards the sky. And I don't care how great of a horseman you are, your horse is not going to go anywhere near that. It's just like a fence. Like they're like, no, I see sh sharp, flashy, pointy things. I'm not, I'm not going near that. Which is, I guess, the opposite of what form square, which is like. The, basically, is what it is. Form square, yeah, or you can just guard against cavalry, and they're not. They don't want to come anywhere near that. Yeah, I made a video on that. I was like, yeah, originally bayonets were used to mm -hmm. for single shot muskets and rifles to protect against cavalry charges yep. and. Ever since World War One, we don't need that. And fun fact: anymore. fun fact, the eighteen fifty three Enfield with the bayonet is exactly six feet. So that's your uh, social distancing stick. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, so it's actually with the bayonet it's shorter than me. Fuck. Six, I remember. I remember that during the toilet paper wars. Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember. I was there. Yeah. yeah. You, Look you at Thomas there. in that. I was Look there. at Thomas in that image right there on the so left. So, like I said, my my buddy has a, a YouTube channel. Uh, he uh, paper mm -hmm. cartridges. He he does a whole video on yeah. this. There's also the uh, gentleman in uh, Canada, uh, British muzzle loaders. He does a very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's great too. Um, and you can. It's kind of funny. Like if you do this, like any any of us do in reenacting, you can spot who the extras are because their uniform is so bland. Like they don't have the cartridge box on because you're like. Either it's going to be a squib load or they're going to fall. Like, artillery's going to hit them and they're going to fly back because <laughs> they don't want to land on anything. Yeah. So you can most of the time see who uh, is who, who the extra is going to be. Those are probably all prop, like rubber props that they're holding Those, uh, I don't know. No, in Wagner, in Wagner, you yeah. can see quite a few because when they're running, they're, they're really wobbly. But, I mean, there's not really any way you can get away from that. Is it? You said in the Wagner scene, you can see you can really see. Yeah, when props, you're running up, you can see rifles. the bayonets and and or the rifles like wobbling. But I mean, there's not really. <laughs> oh, I love yeah, seeing that. You can't really get away with that because I mean, you've got what several hundred guys on a beach at nighttime, and you're running with. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to get away from that. The only thing I could see maybe is getting a real rifle, holding on with both hands, and putting a rubber bayonet on it. But. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the uniforms. That was the other thing I wanted to get to. Carrie, that fucking seventies. Like I got my button on jacket. That that, that pissed me off because it's what, so wrong. Jacket. Yes. You so this guy. Yes. Where Carrie is was uh go with his with oh, his collar yeah, open. Yeah, like every scene except when he's like in formation or something, or not in formation because he doesn't. He's doing it here. But yeah, like in Victorian era, it, it was unkempt to keep. Your on your first top button unbuttoned. It was acceptable in camp to have every other button except your top button buttoned. And he's doing the quite the opposite in this film. I that, think it was movie. that image right there. That image right there. That'd be a great like poster if this was a comedy. Like just look at Thomas on the left there. Yeah, like oh! nine, like <laughs> yeah. nineteen forty one or Top Secret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just it, it just looks comical to me. <laughs> Well, and it's the last that's image. It. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. They don't talk that's about. Yeah, they don't talk about well, the. Oh no no no! Go back down, Nate. Go back down. They don't talk about what, the dog. The rims. caption. Hold on for a second. Go all the way down, Nate. In the middle, Jamie. Both Rollins Jamie. and Sharts <laughs> carry the rifle. <laughs> I like Sharts. Who the fuck is Sharts? Oh, you don't want to meet him. Uh, he yeah. meets you. Oh, so that that was the thing. Um, so. Uh. 
I, I, like I said, I, I, re- I really wish they would have changed a little bit because the original story, uh, Colonel Shaw got to the top of the uh, the redoubt. He was shot one time through the heart, and he fell into the fortification. And his men, the fifty fourth, ran in to get him or to follow him. And but the the movie where they're all like running down through like you know down the corridors that didn't happen um because the fort's not big at all like it's probably the size of maybe a football field and a half um i don't have any whales that is or how many uh i don't know what nate would compare it to anyway um whales <laughs> like, <laughs> that's about land yachts two and a half titanic's long how many crabs <laughs> fit, fit in a football field yeah yeah well yeah. we're talking width or length yeah. there's a difference yeah you know but uh yeah like I said, he, so. he fell in they went after him and then that's when they like they pulled back because they were taking too many heavy casualties that would be about four and a half maybe five crab boats long so yeah I want to know how many whale sharks, not whales. <laughs> we got it. We got to specify breeds. How many whales is that? It always <laughs> comes back to this shit. We talking about North Atlantic or South Atlantic? Both. Yeah. Sperm whale. <laughs> Both. But that was the other thing I wanted to hit on. I too. just need one sperm whale. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I'm your huckleberry motherfucker. <laughs> we were playing for blood. <laughs> but uh. The only great, well, there's a few of them, but bayonets in this film might have been overhyped, maybe. Not saying that, you know, I, if push comes to shove, I wouldn't have used my bayonet. But for, I, I, a buddy of mine sent me some information. So the Army of the Potomac surgeon, uh, McParlin, had, for whatever reason, he wrote this crap down, thank God for us. But the Battle of the Wilderness. Uh, was pretty bad, uh, pretty, pretty bloody. Uh, you had he had wrote down shells, shot, bullet, bayonet, and sword wounds. Shell was two hundred thirty-one. Shot was six. Bullets seven thousand forty-six. Bayonets, bayonets four. Sword yeah. two. The battle wow. of the the mule shoe. Shell seven hundred twelve. Shot thirty-seven. Bullets eight thousand two hundred eighteen, bayonet God fourteen, damn. and one yeah. sword. Is that is that wounded or is that everybody? Is what that what he what All he tr- what he treated? So is that so it's, that's just would, casualties. Would that kind of be yeah. like though the problem they had during the war where they're like this the planes that got shot in these areas got back, but you know survivor like, bias? The, no, no. Uh, well, no. As the idea of this, like no, he, those guys are dead. If you get you get stabbed by a bayonet, you're dead. So that the guys that get treated by you know for bayonet injuries are just so low. So there's so. this misconception of the socket triangular bayonet making that wound you can't heal. Yeah, thank that's, you. That's not what it is. It's it's there's multiple reports of people saying if I fire my musket, there's going to be a cloud. There's no guilt. I don't know if I killed anybody or not, but if I run up to a man and shove that foot-long, steel, cold, hard bayonet to somebody's chest, I can see their face. I know what I've done. You hear them screaming. Exactly. And they're looking at you because you're, you're the man who just stabbed them. Like, you're using your social distance stick, and you've impaled him on your social distance stick. You weren't wearing a mask. Well, you guys, I think I said this to you and uh, Brian and Nate. I don't know if you've seen this, last and Mike, but that, uh, it's, a, it's a World War I German veteran talking about his experience with the bayonets. I've seen that. Yep. And he just no, he talks about it. Can, 
Oh yeah, I'll I can send it to you. Um, post yeah, this. Please like, do. It's really fucked up, just the way he describes it. And he just he just says it how it was, and then um, he goes, "Okay, any more questions?" You can tell it still really fucks with him because he actually stabbed a French soldier with a bayonet. And he describes that. Yeah. It's like it's very fucking personal yep. at that point. Because there's some. It's not just the heat of the moment combat, whatever. You hit yeah. somebody with your butt stock, bam, hit him in the face. You, you don't know if he's okay. Dead or whoops. Not. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he sees this guy every night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's what some of these dyers have said. You know, when you when you stab that guy, that that face, that that all that pain face, is burned into your face. You see it every night. Like I said, you're firing in a, a line of a thousand men at another line. You don't know what you've hit. You don't even know if your bullet dropped 15 feet in front of the guy, because you might have swallowed half the powder when you you bit the bullet. It's like a, it's like a pilot's war, you know, compared to a ground war. You know, yeah. it's like dropping a bomb is a lot easier than slugging it in the mud. So, oh, but the uh, this this would have been cool to add into the film. Like I said, I know the 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 movie was already long enough, but at the Battle of Alusty, the Seventh New Hampshire, Seventh Connecticut, Forty Seventh, Forty Eighth, Hundred Fifteenth New York, and Eighth United States Color Troops were in battle at Alusty. Uh, the Fifty Fourth, after marching one hundred ten miles in one hundred within one hundred eight <laughs> hours. Then fighting three hours at a lusty, uh, and then they had to retreat back to Jacksonville after they saved all of, all of those units. They were being cut off at a swamp. All of those got out of there, and the 54th held the line as they did a delay action. Um, as they were retreating, they found the uh, the casualty train. The, the The medical train had broke down, and they were like, "All right, take off your backpack, boys. Grab the rope. We're gonna, we're gonna haul this son of a bitch back." So with the help of the, the men and the mules, they pulled the damn train 10 miles back to Jacksonville. Motherfucker. <laughs> like, that that right there on top of uh, Sergeant Kearney being in that movie would have been, like, over the top. Like, it's, it's almost like a Marvel movie. Like Yeah, these, it's like, so you can't, of, you can't really wrap your head around. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucking, it's so insane. Jesus but it's, Christ! It's there in black and white. It's it's there. It's documented. Like these men. Now you know. I don't know if like the office was like, all right, sorry, y'all got to buck up and help, or if it was, hey, uh, it's a shit sandwich. You got to bite. It. Let's 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 you know find some rope and pull this bad boy to safety. God damn. Yeah, but ten miles pulling a locomotive, like that's that's no hardcore. That's hardcore. Yeah, with all that weight on it. <laughs> yeah. All the Not wounded. just the weight of the locomotive, but you've got all these casualties. Yep. People weigh a lot. Yep. People are very heavy. Yep. Ugh. Damn, Yeah, man. you don't think they do until you pick up your first reenactor on a stretcher, and then it's like the heaviest yeah. motherfucking thing you've ever done. And then vi- you got to remember, these these cats were not slave hands. These were all freed men who were like barbers, doctors, lawyers. Yeah. yeah. They, they had done prior, uh, excuse me, Previous to Wagner, they had done physical labor, but that was yeah. only like a month, maybe. Yes, yeah, so these guys are these guys are middle class dudes. Yep, hundred percent are just fucking in the absolute suck now. Oh yeah, welcome welcome to the army. Yeah, yeah, welcome <laughs> to the army. But, but you're fucking bitching. One of the reasons I love this movie, or I, I think this movie should get around more. You know, there was one hundred seventy nine thousand. USCTs in service, and then there was nineteen thousand sailors that were black in service, but you never really ever see. I mean, you see him in Lincoln for like a little bit, and then you see him like escorting the Confederate uh, dignitaries, but that's about it. 
I mean, you don't really see anything else about it. Did anything? Did, did those guys serve uh, the nineteen thousand? Did they serve in the um, on the Mississippi as well? All over, yeah. Yeah, they so were all over, all over, yeah, yeah. Huh? Oh, and the yeah. uh, the fifty fourth was not. They weren't informed of their pay reduction until they got to uh, James Island. So it wasn't like, hey, you guys can leave now or you can continue not getting paid. They basically got oh, okay. suckered. They were down there and like, hey, uh, y'all y'all aren't getting paid. That, uh, down here. that was interesting because they talked about that in Lincoln. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool yep. crossover and stuff. So, yep. Any other things you want to touch on, dude? No, I think that's it. I don't want to waste too much of y'all time. We've been there about two hours now. <laughs> two hours on the dot. Yeah. You know? yeah. it's, all, it's all good, though, man. It's, it's yeah. been fucking great info. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, so we'll jump into the final thoughts now, guys. And again, before we begin, thank you so much for joining us, dude. Yeah, you know, man. This, um, this has been great. Yeah, I heard through the grapevine, you know, that you, you watch some of the podcasts and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just really cool to have a, a viewer on, you know, and uh, we really hope that you'll join us again in the future and That'd be talk great. about some of those other Civil War films or maybe even, you know, not Civil War films if you're interested Tropic too, Thunder. Uh, <laughs> well, no, nah, I'm just joking. Well, I'm just joking. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I told Mike, I, I mean, I told Nate, I was like, hey, man, you know, kind of left me out on uh, We Were Soldiers. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Well, you kind of got away. And, oh, my God, that's a comically huge. That's a, wow. I just <laughs> noticed a, how big that was. Hold that up. Is that a duff? Hold that up. That's, that's, how uh, big is that? That's like, that's local. That's like a duff. That's local oh, brew. <laughs> oh, my God. I expect right. you to, like, you know, be drinking that out of your F-150 cup holder. You know, like, hey, we're going down to the, the Wawa. I thought this was America. <laughs> show show Mike how big his beer. Look at that. That's just a big ass. That's a sixty four ounce can. Who gives a fuck? That's, that's yeah. a, in Wisconsin. Remember that's a big. Uh, it's a yeah. It's a birthday present. It was awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean that, that's just like it's like to nothing. yourself. Like, <laughs> no, uh, so I got to shout out to my buddies uh, Zach and Josh who are uh, in board members with me at Apps. So they were like, uh, "Hey man, uh, we need you to come the the wall that I was talking about earlier." Yeah, the graffiti. They're like, "Hey, man, we get we gotta come, we gotta move this thing. You know, we gotta get it into your house or whatnot for storage for a little bit." And I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll, you know, I was like, I thought it was next door where they used to live." And he was like, "No, man, well, we we got it over at Sailors Creek." And I was like, "All right, well, you know, I'll, I'll take off a day and I'll come over and help y'all." So if you don't know, the Hillsman House was a house built in the 1750s as well, which was also a hospital, which being preserved on state property land. And there's still bloodstains on the floor. You can go in there and see them. They've got them preserved with glass over them. It's scary as shit. One of them, like, the blood dripped off a boot on both sides. You can still see it, like, where the boot was at. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, anyway. So, they're like, yeah, come on out. So, I get there. These assholes have, like, got, like, a full spread, man. They've got, like, crawdads, uh, shrimp gumbo, <laughs> clams on the fire. I'm like, you dickheads. They're like, happy birthday. I was like. I appreciate it. So they gave me like this and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. Great, great dudes, man. Love them to death. That's awesome. Like brothers. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, this awesome. it's local brew, man. Local brew. <laughs> <laughs> looks like the size of like a Burger King large. You, you just went it's for a not. sip and I'm just like, that's a fucking bigger than your head. <laughs> you look like a little kid drinking from a soda can. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> none, of you, none of you fuckers are from Wisconsin. Like that's just like a, that's like a child size. Gotta get it down to Wawa. Like that. Uh, it's fucking insane. But, uh, it's my big gulp. Yeah. <laughs> so. Seeing as we won the war, a northerner will comment first on this one now. Um, 
But uh, it's a very good movie. Um, you know, I've seen it in the past a few times. I'm not the biggest Civil War guy. And also the whole Matthew Broderick casting kind of did throw me off. You know, even just being passively watching it. You go, know? go, Gadget. Um, but that really shouldn't detract from the film because it, it's a really good Civil War film. It's yeah. definitely one of the better ones out there. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to give this film an 8.5. It's very, just very good, you know. Um, I like it. And I really don't know a lot besides blue and gray. And, you know, if they should be in the South fighting and they didn't fight in Connecticut, where I'm from. So, but like, you know, uh, it's it's a good film for an an idiot like me. (laughs) So, you know, there was like a rebellion in New York, right? Or no, I think it was Connecticut. uh, I'm not sure about it, but there was, well, there was the riots for the. It was uh, in New Hampshire. It's one of the states, it's one of the states up there. They sent like guerrillas and they were like trying to burn this town down. In the Span Am War, there was a big revolt from Connecticut troops. Because they joined up and they're like, we're going to go kick the shit out of the Spanish Empire. And they sent them to Florida. And they're like, no. And they walked home. It was like the biggest mass uh, ex- or the biggest mass mutiny of like, troops ever. And right. they let them. They were like, um, we're, you, you can't kill a whole state militia. You yeah. literally, you, you know. We're not going to be doing this. Yeah. We're going to march home. Believe me, trust and me. It's going to be the biggest, the greatest march you've ever seen. I'm going home. Yes, Believe right. me, trust me. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great trip. It's a wonderful trip. It's going to all the way north. It is a wonderful city. Yeah, it's a little beautiful. hot, a little beautiful. hot on the way up. In some parts, a little bit wet, but mm. it's it was a great trip. It was a great march. Anyway, so yeah, I'll give this uh, an eight point five. And uh, yeah, that being said, I'm I'm very interested to know uh, what you think, Mr. Mike A. Oh me! Okay. No, the other way for the, the wave. The other less, wave. Less, the only person not less, laughing. Less almost shot beer out of his nose. That's what I was more laughing at than anything. Well, I'd be careful because it'd be like three gallons of beer. It's so. not. It's a <laughs> fucking normal sized can. You, you be all frenetic about. For it. you, maybe. He's just really small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. It's a twelve ounce can. Squirrel. He's just a fucking midget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when um, you go to Taco Bell. It went right through, but it burns. Oh! <laughs> damn, God, dude. Damn. Brian's like getting, getting multiple fucking razz tonight. And it's like, <laughs> this is going to be- become a meme. Oh, my God. deserve it. I've literally been on the computer all day on the day <laughs> off. So, like, I just, this I'm, is going to end. I'm, I'm, I'm double, I'm double barreling him right now. So, just yeah. Both to, fucking yeah. barrels. So, yeah. okay, yep. <laughs> I'll get him back. So, my, my thoughts on this. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know. I, again, I don't love it, and uh, because it's funny, it's a movie that my whole life everyone is, for me anyway, has always said like this is like such a good movie. It's one of the classics, and I've never been able to fully connect with it. Um, but it's never boring. I'll say that I'm not bored while watching it. Uh, it uh, has a lot of things that are really well done. It has a lot of very good performances. It's just again, like I think the lead of the movie is not is so. In my from my point of view is so weak that it kind of drags it down a little bit, and um, yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna give it a uh, a six point five out of ten. It's uh, I, I I I'm glad I've seen it, and I've seen it at many times now because I've tried to really understand it. Uh, but uh, yeah, just me personally, I I don't I don't fucking love it, but. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Yield Bueller is uh, just doesn't do it for me. Um, yep. So, uh, Mike B. All right. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's uh, again. I, I'm not a Civil War aficionado by any means. Like I know probably the 
just above a basic bitch level, just a little bit above, not much more. Um, so I didn't really get all the technical shit, whatever. That's why I was asking a lot of questions. But uh, as far as like the actual film itself, I think like we were talking about, it tried to just convey a message of something that fucking happened that wasn't well known, especially at that time. And they worked with what they had. And I know, you know, it's like after the fact, you can go, oh, I should have researched that. I should have put that in there, blah, blah, blah. But like 89, again, you go into public libraries and if it's not there, bam, that was a good point. And uh, anyway, the performances were very good. The, um, I did like the, uh, the banter, the infighting within the, um, the black troops. I love that when they're in their tents and they're infighting about stupid shit. Oh, I love the I mean, president. Really dumb shit. I love the president what? joke. I love the president joke. He's like, what, what, what was the joke? He's like, what have you been doing? Uh, he's I like, since you've president. been, yeah. He's like, since yeah. you've been gone, you've ran away. He's like, what'd you do? Like, I ran for president. Yep. I yep. didn't win yep. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was good because it's like, what the fuck did you do? You tried to run away. Okay, that's your life accomplishment. But these guys don't give a shit about that. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter at this point because you're all in the same fucking suck right now. Yeah. So, yeah, but I did love that. That was an aspect that, like, because, I mean, it happens with everybody, but particularly with these guys in that situation and whatever. Um, it was it was fun. And, again, good actors, very good actors. And so that and then the um, just the appearance of them, like, when they're in formation, when they're, when they're fighting and shit, it's just, again, it shows people that might not have otherwise looked at the American Civil War. It shows them, yeah, it was fucking nasty. Yeah. Like, nasty is a very very soft word to use for that, but it was fucking horrific. And it, you get a taste of that in this. Um, yeah, I'm not attached to the film. I didn't like it sucked in. And I'm like, Oh God, it, it's great. But like, it also wasn't terrible. So long story short, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I was just going to say Nathaniel, but you would get all butt hurt. But I'm going to say Nathaniel. He's, he gives the finger when he does that, when you do that. Yep. That, uh, <laughs> that hurt my feelings. Sir. Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I, I like this film a lot. Even going through all the stuff that we did with Les and gave more of the historical, you know, context to the period that I had no idea and, and all that kind of stuff went, went, ah, went, ah, went with it. There we go. Um. I, I I still enjoy the movie and I still think I'm I'm going to, you know, still recommend it for people to, get, again, I think to get their toes wet on an era that is a good interpretation of that in film, considering that I think, although I, I know I've never seen it, but I know Gettysburg, like you said, less is low hanging fruit. So you've never I seen think, Gettysburg? No. I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't again. either. Yeah, I've, I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never seen the whole thing. I have a ton of friends who were on it. So Mark I, it I, down, I, Brian. Mark it down. Yeah. We got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it, it just, it, it does a really good job, I think, of, again, I think, of having this conversation that we just had to get to know more of the period and what actually really happened in historical context, and that's the whole point of this podcast, is to dive into a subject that either one of us or two of us or none of us know, and having someone who can guide us through that, aka less. So it's been great to dive into that. So, I mean, I think hearing everything he said and hearing everything we've talked about, I think I'm going to side with, I think, the the average theme here. I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 screen Mel Gibsons. You know, it's it's decent. It's decent. There's nothing that pulls it down too bad. 
And so, uh, you know, I, I think I'm think I'll side with an eight out of ten. And then leave it with the man himself. So, like I said, I've been saying repeatedly over and over again, it's it, you gotta, you have to remember going into this, it is a product of its era, 1989. So, you know, ironically, going on YouTube and looking up other videos of this, like uh, Civil War Journal did one, but when they recorded it, they recorded it on TV, so it has like the original uh, commercials. <laughs> like IBM and stuff. Oh, You're like 1992 awesome. Dodge Caravan. Yeah, it's like Go half this crap is. isn't even like half these businesses aren't even around anymore. So you got to remember, you know, no internet brings me back, man. You've got to rely on like phone calls, snail mail, and local libraries to do your research. Or you know, go be lucky and go to the reenactment. Like the 15 guys out of the 50,000 reenactors are here this weekend. I can talk to them about. It. You know, maybe they've done research. Um, that <laughs> and, and, and hopefully done it right. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe they've true. Done it. That's so that's true. so fucking accurate. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. That's just yeah, so exactly. We've all been there. I, I think we've uh, all yeah. yeah. So that, um, and I think more importantly, uh, I hope through this podcast, I, I've done them justice. I hope I I'm not coming on here like uh yeah I'm a southern boy and I'm trying to. You know, I, I want to shed light you on this. You don't sound like a Southern boy at all, yeah. so don't worry about that. Nobody's going to yeah. actually Yeah, Nate. No, he's from New York City. Nate. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah. Bronx. Go, going in, Yeah, going into yeah. this and thinking, you know, hey, I, I need to shed light on this. It's something that's not really shown, especially in today's society. Um, I, I feel like it should be, like I said, I was telling you earlier, it should be known. Like these these men sacrificed everything above God and else in their lives for what they believed in. Um, you know, uh, also, I, I'd rather see a film have a, a lot of small details wrong than one like several big details. Um, I could kind of overlook the, the what was it two or three seconds of Fort Wagner from the north. Eh, it, it would have been a lot better to see from the south. But and the plural commands and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that I can overlook that because that happens yeah. all the time. That, that that was a that. But like, like it's it's the small thing. That's what I'm trying. Yeah, to Yeah, that is the product of reenactorism. I guess you could say it. Like you know, it's been happening for decades, and they're like, ah, oh, we'll just keep doing it the way we. You know, no one's like, all right, I'm going to be the change. I'm going to do it. So I think in today's era, I think probably Nate and probably Brian can agree. I think today's era, I think we're reenactors and hobbyists are putting their foot down and trying to make that change. I mean, there's so many groups online that are saying, Hey, we're going to change these things. But as far as the film itself goes, uh, I mean, I I'd probably say eight and a half, um, just because of little small details leading up to it that, that are wrong. But as far, I, I'm not saying this is the best civil war film ever, but I think it's one of the most influential because it tackles a, a subject. Um, being a Southern guy, I, I love gods and generals just because, you know, Jackson Lee and Fredericksburg and Fredericksburg being close and everything. You know, the civil war, like I, I don't care. Oh, there's only so many civil war films I don't like. And it's one of those, like there's no gray area. It's like you either did a good civil war film in my opinion, or it's just, it's complete and utter garbage. Um, but gods and generals, I think was a good one. Like I know somebody's like, Oh, it's Confederate propaganda. Like it, it's based off books. Were the books of Fedoprox again? Maybe. I don't know. I guess we could just screw the 20th main. Whatever. 
But well, how many monuments do you have in your backyard, Les? Uh, yeah. Let's see. One, two, three. <laughs> well, you live in the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's change the rules. Yeah, those are coming down <laughs> yeah. soon. Let's Don't change worry. the rules. Ooh. I got, yeah, I I got, got, I got <laughs> anything to say about it. Those are coming down very soon. AOC is so. getting in the kill dozer right, right now. Bring the, bang the bayonet. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> She's on her way right now. But uh, yeah. like I said, they, they it tackles the quote unquote problem head on. It doesn't dance around it. Like somebody did make a good point. Like as far as uh, gods and generals, where you know Jackson's talking to his cook, who is a a non free black man. He's enslaved. Hey, you know, do you mind getting up at? What is he gonna say? Nah, I like getting up at like six o'clock. I ain't getting up at four. <laughs> like, come on. Yep. They're not tiptoeing. You know how I feel about a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they're not tiptoeing around. Like, in this movie, it's it's head on, blunt, and force. Like, the, the opening scene, like, the, the director shows that lieutenant's head exploding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot about that. He wanted, yeah. he wanted to show, this isn't a light film. This film is going to be rough. So, but tighten your seatbelt. This is this is what it's going to be like, and I enjoy that. I, not, well, I'm not a necrophiliac, you, but I like. You, you, you really seeing, I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm all yeah. about that CBT. Yeah, yeah. like I, I want you know be like, hey, this this is we're not. This isn't PBS. Like shit's going to get real. Yeah. Ken Burns is not in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The old lady like just back and forth rocking, you know, talking. You know. Yeah. I don't know what, yeah. But yeah, it was like I said, eight and a half because there's little minute things that I found wrong, but only because I wouldn't say I'm a subject expert, but I've been in this hobby for, like I said, Jesus Christ, 10 years or 20 years now. Yeah. So 20 years of picking up and seeing things. Probably a little bit of a, a wise woman once told me that, um, when you don't think you're an expert on something and you've been doing it as long as you have and you've been doing it and you constantly seek to do the right thing and learn everything, you should probably consider yourself an expert. Yeah. Just saying. So, like I said, for what, like I said, the product of its era, it's a great film. And if you get a chance, their uh, Lionheart Films did, they copied the 60 minutes of the making of. Man, that is awesome. Being a, a 90s baby or early 90s. Uh, like seeing the extras hop on the bus with boombox on their shoulders, two <laughs> socks, booty short, uh, basketball shorts. I'm like, in in the uh, the flip up clip on sunglasses. I'm like, oh, bro, oh that's me, man. I love that. That is like it's like a flashback yeah. from the past, man. Like yeah. that is awesome. Bring me back to a functioning economy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Kind, Too soon. Kind <laughs> <of>. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's got to be within, in my opinion, the top three Civil War films. Oh, that's that's a high rating. Yeah. yeah. So, so you putting eight the and score half? eight and a half. Yep. Okay. Putting yeah. the scores into the computer that will tell us if the South will, in fact, rise again. Yeah. The answer is the answer is no. Um, <laughs> we get a total score of seven point nine, which is pretty good. High. You know, yeah, pretty good. Definitely yeah. uh, check it out. It's a very good film, um, and it tells a very you know 
story. Very good story. A very unique American story, unfortunately. Um, well, and, and really quick, I just want to say one thing about um, Les's kind of like closing comments is we, we, we go through the same conversation a lot with films that we actually do know like the subject matter pretty well. It's yeah, if, if it's shot well and they get most of the big details and like kind of the overall thing, right? We appreciate that because it gets people interested in it and it can be that it can be that catalyst of like somebody, oh well shit, that's interesting to me. And you can overlook all the small shit that they fucked up. Exactly. You know, and so that's 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 so you're not you're not like out of bounds at all. Like that's very fucking standard, and that's a very great way to put it for a review on an actual like film like this. Well, like y'all said, you do know the subject matter and, but it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to do, but like, it's hard to be objective, but it's, that's exactly where, well, like y'all said in the past, no Hollywood film is ever going to get it a hundred percent correct, but you can damn get close. And this is about as close as you can get besides maybe Gettysburg, but this touches on a different subject. And like I said, it's one of those films, like I said in the beginning where it touches on everything except that shitty love story that they thank God they left out. Yes. Yep. But going, but before we jump off, Nate, what, you did, I don't think you touched on it. What was your opinion on the cin, uh, cinematography? Oh, good point. Because yeah, it, 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 yeah. it is kind of dated, you know, 1989. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, dated in, it's dated in 1980s kind of cinematography. Yeah. I mean, nothing was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But it wasn't like hyena road levels of college film put it in the like you know into a fucking gas container and just gopro you know, stick yeah like yeah because like the whole opening shot and like hyena road is a gopro on a fucking hummer and it goes up the road it's just like oh my god why, why what's going on here um but no like nothing nothing like nothing like kind of really stood out um the editing felt like of the time you know late 1980s okay. early 90s um but nothing I, i'm trying to think Oh, that was another thing too. I, I think, this I film think had some, like yeah, a little bit of CGI. That was the ships. Which yeah, there's obviously no floating cl- ironclads alive or floating. <laughs> alive, so yeah, like all yeah. of them. It, yeah, that, yeah, that no, is that's obviously in my CGI. opinion the only CGI in this film. Like I'm not. Perfect I'd, I'd have them, to. But. I'd have to go through Wagner scenes again, but off the top of my head. My head, I don't see. I think I all of Wagner was really uh, crazy. Yeah, I think all of Wagner was uh, original or real, except like said, the Ironclads offshore. Right. Yeah. This there were some interesting. There, were, I, if I, I don't, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think there were some cool shots with like all the smoke and the light coming through the smoke and that night and trying to you know kind of make that. Before you, know, you look again, check out that video. I, I'll see if I can send it to y'all. But I think that talks about it because he. They talk about that's another thing too is the uh, this was the first film that hired like a majority of African American uh, stunt doubles. Yeah, they talk about that in that sixty minutes thing. The guy's like he's really proud of it. He's like, I had to hire extra guys because I did not have enough guys on payroll to do this. Hmm. So and he's like, this is this is a huge win for us. He's like we're getting our foot in the door. One one thing one thing that you and I had talked about, and then we'll 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 end is that uh, you had said something about. The scene that one white extra in the back of the ranks. Did we talk about that? Oh yes. So I was asking a bunch of friends. I was like, you know, I was trying to prepare for this, so I didn't go in blind and like, I don't know, I thought about. <laughs> and a, a friend of mine from Stanton, Joe, was like, uh, or Joshua, he was like, uh, hey, so in this in the ranks prior to going, and I didn't know about this either. Prior to going to Wagner, there's a white guy. I never noticed it, but he's like three, four ranks deep. It's a white guy in the ranks. 
he said that a lot of abolitionists would sign up in the black ranks as spite and they have a white guy in the ranks. And I was like, that is super detailed, super awesome. Yeah. But they apparently, apparently white abolitionists from the North would sign up in black regiments just for spite. But if you look, you only catch him for like maybe half a second or maybe a second. Like he did cameras uh, panning and you see him like three or four ranks back. He's not an officer because he doesn't have rank on the cap or anything. He's he's like a regular private. Well, little small. It's those, the, the small details. You know, it's the stupid shit that makes the world go round. That's the stuff that I love. Like Nathan, you know what? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, hey, yeah. I didn't see you there, buddy. Oh, hey, man, I didn't see you there. Hey, weird. man, remember when I called you stupid? I didn't stupid. mean that. Man. <laughs> I, I remember when I called your mother can take I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. So, um, <laughs> before Trey leaves, or before Les leaves, there's one story that I have to tell that Nate's requested, and then we can <laughs> let him my go. Favorite. It's my favorite. So, oh, my God. I've known Les for a while, a few years. And a few years ago, so I've been involved with museums for a very long time, moving tanks all around the country and doing crazy shit with armor. Thank you for your and, service. And uh, Les was in, you're welcome. <laughs> Les was in um, uh, the Virginia National Guard, if I remember correctly. Correct. Um, and he has some experience. Natty girl. With, uh, yep. I'm a natty. <laughs> he, he has some experience with vehicles and everything, and just a, you know, an all around background. And I knew him from reenacting his stuff. And well, there happened to be a period where we were moving the Jacques Littlefield collection across the country from Washington State, um, or sorry, not Washington State. He, he lived near uh, San Francisco, so he um, was up near there in Northern California, all the way over to um, Stowe, Massachusetts, um, the Collins Foundation. They built a whole facility um, uh, for this museum for all this armor. So uh, Trey happened to, um, or Les happened to be between jobs, and I happened to be going up to Massachusetts. So I invited him to come up for uh, this trip. So that, you know, he can have some fun moving around tanks. So I knew he was qualified to do that because we had to do some things. So Trey comes up and uh, – or Les comes up and we do a bunch of uh, stuff, move tanks around and everything. And, and the first funny thing that happens is, uh, you know, his lovely Virginian accent. He goes into the middle of Massachusetts. I don't know what you're talking where, about. Uh, <laughs> where, you know – it's very easy to understand fucking people, you know, all the time because it's like you walk onto the set of The Departed, you know. And so very quickly, uh, he was known as the Southern Trooper. Um, but anyway, along our, our uh, you know, travels up there and everything, we broke three skyjacks or whatever it was in two days pushing around tanks. You know, who, who would have guessed that you can't use a sky crane to push a Churchill, you know, eh. or a Comet, <laughs> you know? Like there's – If they would have had it, they would have used vehicle, it. You know, or, well <laughs> – you tell oh, me, you know. Oh God! If you, if you put a comet in neutral, you know, and you try to push it around a, a, a concrete floor, that's the same as like what picking up a pallet with a pallet jack, you know. <laughs> Where's the exact same, you know? Anyway, by the way, those marks are still in the armor from where we were pushing against it. I was up there. I was up there not too long ago. You're welcome for my cervix. So, <laughs> you're welcome. But anyway, along our travels with this craziness, we ended up at a. A bar, but not only any bar. It was a half Chinese restaurant slash bar. Which is an amazing and idea, by the way. Like, just it, it, well, you really think about it. You <laughs> know, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take a order of wonton soup and a fucking red and white. Do you want to get you know? fucked up? Or like, you want it, food? It, yes, it, or both. <laughs> yeah. it, yes, that, that's the answer. Yes, duh. But do you want to do you want to tell the, the rest of the story from your viewpoint? 
from so we walk into our chinese bar. yeah so the, the furthest north i had been prior would it probably would have been connecticut when i bought my jeep years prior but anyway i go up with him like the night before he's like hey come on up the night before and i'm like it's like an eight hour drive he's like okay I'm going to start fucking packing now and drive up. Shit. <laughs> so I get up there and I get to his house. And he's like, all right, I'll drive the rest of the way. So I sleep. Was it two hours from your house? Anyway. Yeah, just about two and a half. So we do the whole week. And like every night for the whole week, we would go by this Chinese joint slash bar. <clears throat> and the first night there, the guy's contact name for the museum was Dick. He was like his old school Yankee from like, you know. Dick Moran. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. And we're like, oh, fuck you doing it. You know, great guy, you know, for a Yankee. <laughs> But um, we show up and we're following him because he's showing us this joint. I've never, you know, obviously never been here before in my life. And I mean, the door hasn't even swung fully open. And he's like looking at the waitress. Hey, give me a fucking beer. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, you fucking move. Give me a fucking beer over here. And I was like, oh, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> So I sat down next to Brian like a fucking kid that's been scalded. And that's just, just how it's going the whole time. Like, hey, what the fuck you doing here? You motherfucking mook. You know, you fucking mooch. And I, I'm like. Across the bar, there's a group of fucking uh, yeah. contractors. And they're like, hey, Dick, you fuck you back at the bar. Yeah. You fuckers. Yeah. You know? So I'm like huddled up to Brian. And I was like, hey, man, uh, is everything okay? And Brian's like, yeah, what do, you, what do you mean? I was like, like, I don't think you've probably noticed, but there's a lot of cussing and accusing and hostility going around. He's like, no, it's fucking fine. And I'm like, I like, Brian, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm the only fucking redneck in this bar. <laughs> Obviously. Like, I don't know if my voice gave it away or not, but... He's like, no, nah, man, you're fine. You're fine. And I'm like, Brian, I, I, I know this story, dude. I, I'm a cop. <laughs> the fucking police show up for a fucking call that's anonymous or some asshole in the corner has got a knife out holding it at somebody's throat. And the two fucking Boston cops open the door and they do a quick scan. They're like, hey, fucking redneck, come in. That's it. I'm fucking going to jail for being redneck in the north. And that's a misdemeanor on Friday night. But yeah. I mean, what can I do? And he's like, "No, you're fine. You're fine." So the rest of the week, everything went all with a hitch. Thank God. And then I got my ass back down below the Mrs. Dixon line, where I'm safe. <laughs> and I haven't been back since. Oh. <laughs> You that's know, that's a New England fucking horror story. Yeah. You gotta come up to Scotland. Well, no, I no no. I went to Ohio a few years ago for my that's, first no, time. Jesus you shut your whore mouth. So I went up. Why would you admit something like that on a public fucking podcast? Well, it was Connie. You voluntarily went up to Ohio. Yeah, it was Connie. Before it got Chernobyl, or after it got Chernobyl. Well, it was Connie. It's Connie. No, 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 no. Before all this shit happened recently, you're voluntarily saying that you went to Ohio. Yeah, for Connie. It's like you, you even could even worse. It's you the could D-Day piss in the, Ohio. Yeah, you could piss in. I Pen- know what the fuck it is. <laughs> but you could piss in Pennsylvania though. That's how close it is. But anyway, I went up there and they were like, <sighs> I came to a stoplight and I saw a Jeep CJ7 go down the street and had a Confederate flag and I was like, Oh thank God, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm safe. Oh thank God. Oh. I'm really up to up here. <laughs> but I, I'll do I'll do this one last story before we shut it down. So the. 
this is this is the uh i don't even know if brian knows about this story yeah he does yeah he does do i know about it yeah the so it was april 1st i was at my house working as a deputy and um my partner calls me he's like hey this meth head's at his grandma's house we're gonna go pick her up we got like 16 warrants for this dickhead and i was like all right let's go i'm at my house i'll which is on the other side of the county so i was like all right let me put my shit down i'm, I'm gonna head your way so i got in the car started heading up the road i was going up down uh, going down the road and this car in front of me i, I won't really pay attention i was looking at my uh, mdt and you know talking to him on the radio this car in front of me pulls around the car in front of it on a double-sided line and i'm like Bro, I'm in a marked Ford Explorer. Like, <laughs> lights, sheriff, everything. Like, come on, man. Like, a, a brush guard that could kill a goddamn rhino. And I'm like, bro, come on, man. So I pull him over. And I, my mindset is not on this guy. Like, I know that's a horrible thing to say as a modern police officer, but it was not on this guy. He's old. He's got his oriental wife with him. I'm not focused on these two. Like, what is the what is the worst they're going to do is I'm going to support you. No, so I was like, you know, I'm writing you, you know, fail, uh, passing on double side line, getting the ticket. And my, my dispatch, after I give him the ticket and everything, I go, he pulls out in front of me and I get in behind him again. And my dispatcher, uh, he, he call he calls me on the phone. He's like, do you know who that was? And I, I looked at the ticket again and I was like, Oh, it doesn't look familiar to me. Um, I mean, it, it does, but I'm not, it's not clicking. It's not ringing any bells in hindsight. I'm a fucking idiot, but my dispatcher's like Joseph Galloway, oh. Joe Galloway. We were soldiers once and young. And I was like, he was like, that's the Oriental wife right there. Shit. Oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. He brought her back from X-ray. I fucked up, didn't I? He's like, yeah, you better get that ticket back. And I was like, <laughs> So I follow this poor guy for 15 miles. And I was like, please, for the love of God, run out of gas. Go get something to eat. Have a flat tire. Something. Nope. By the time I'm getting ready to go down the road that I have to go to, the main road to go get this meth head, I'm like, oh, shit. Whoop. Flip on the lights, siren and shit. You know, so he pulls right on over again. And like I said, in hindsight, I'm a fucking idiot because – it was Joseph Galloway. I've got the ticket right here. Joseph Galloway. His fucking license plate was seven seven THCAV. <laughs> like I said, my mind wasn't on that. I was like, I'm gonna go get this meth head. He's a dickhead. Fuck this guy. He's been screwing over people. You know, bad people, not good people. Bad people. Anyway, so I pull him over and I like like rush up to the car and he's like, "Is everything all right?" I was like, "Sir, do you still have that ticket?" And his wife hands it to him and I look at it and. I ball it up in front of him. I was like, "Sir, you ain't got to worry about this. Uh, you've you've paid for this time and time again. Like, don't don't worry about this." I said, "You've you've done this country enough service. You know, I, I'll get rid of this." And uh, he appreciated me and everything. Um, he's like, "Do you have a a business card?" And I said, I, "I sure do." Gave it to him, and he appreciated, it and went on about his business. Um, lo and behold, though, he said he was coming home from a film called 
shock and awe where supposedly Tommy Lee Jones was playing him in the movie, but I, I never heard any more about it. I looked it up. Huh, I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, I, I looked it up. They produced, they started doing something with it, but I don't. Some, sometimes they just die in the vine. It's very strange. Yeah, and, I don't yeah. know, which was sucks because I really would like to have seen that. One, it's Tommy Lee Jones, and two, it's it's Joe Galloway. It was about the Iraq War because apparently he was a war correspondent up into the Iraq War. Didn't, never knew that. But anyway, about a week later, uh, I have a package on my desk at the sheriff's office, and it's got uh, in the in the in the packaging, we were soldiers once and young, and it's signed to me. You know, thanks. Uh, I actually read it right now. It's uh, <clears throat> very very cool. Him do him sending it because he didn't tell me I'm sending it to him or sending it to you. Um, it, it was kind of like a. I saw it on Facebook because he, he posted it on Facebook uh, to Deputy L.H. Smith and his dispatcher with the thanks for your service to your country and for your hard, uh, your kindness on a country road. 4-1-2017, Joe Galloway, 4-2-2017. Um, and then like a week later, uh, after I guess he posted it online, his friend, John Stryker Meyer, sent me his book, Across the Fence. And he sent me a letter and everything, you know, best wishes with you and your future endeavors in life. Respectfully, John Stryker Meyer. So that was, that was really, that was like the highlight of my uh, career as, a, as an officer. Damn, yeah. dude. Pretty fucking badass. Like I said, and, and, and a lot of people yeah. were like, oh, whatever, man. Cause it was, it was April 1st. And I was like, I was like, no, it fucking, uh, it happened, yeah, man. Yeah. Like I, I've got the tickets. Jesus. I've got the, the, the it's like, the, your visor falls down your car. It's all these other authors like Stephen Ambrose. You know, yes. like, I'll get them one. They'll come to yes. the county eventually. Yes. You know? They'll come around this heart shape. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. like I said, I was like, no, I've got a picture of the CAD call. I was like, and then I've got the book, and I was like, ching money, baby. Got it. <laughs> but he, like I said, just super respectful, nice guy. Uh, wasn't different generation man wasn't disrespectful at all wasn't like you know what are you pulling me over for man like I, you just pulled me he's like is, is everything okay? you pig is everything okay yeah what your fucking mother's a mook but now he's like you know just, <laughs> is everything okay you know is, is you know am I, did i do something wrong again dude I, I felt so horrible but i was like no sir like i, I need to see your ticket you did something wrong. You lost the Vietnam War. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, there it is. But I was like, you, uh, it wasn't for your photos. You brought home you know. the L. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, man. I, I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, you, you've done more than enough to pay for this ticket. Don't, uh, don't worry about that. Well, so who paid for the ticket? I never turned it in, so it's not registered. Oh. <laughs> that was a bunch you of. I paid, paid for, for it. <laughs> a buck thirty-four. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the 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 moral of the story is the meth head got arrested. So okay. <laughs> good, Walker. justice back, was served. Yeah. Bring it back now, y'all. And that that completes the Virginia countryside <laughs> Joe, story. Is Joe that, Galloway is didn't get a ticket, and the meth head got you know got caught. Don't be a piece <laughs> of shit. Hey, instead of the Oxbow incident, it's the Charlottesville Highway incident. You know. So. Le- <laughs> hey, hey, Les. To quote to quote someone from the, the early days. Uh, <laughs> you can't be a bitch your whole life. J, J, no, no, no. J, JJ's cool, but that bald guy's a real asshole. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, as we're standing in the urinal next to each other, I'm like, hey, JJ's cool, but that bald guy—he's an asshole. <laughs> He's right next to you. Thanks, Riley. Thanks, Riley. <laughs>
<laughs> yes. Yeah. I knew the close-up was going to make it. This is also. At some this point. is also. This is uh, the same guy we convinced that he was flying an airplane. Uh, while Dude, he, he tried was, to get out. He tried to get out. So We're to in a Tahoe him, going down to 460. Convince, to convince him that did not keep pulling the fucking door handle and unlocking so, the door was that we were flying hi, in. Hindsight, plane. this was like his... <laughs> he had turned 21 like a week or two prior. Oh, Jesus So we Christ. were at a World War II event, and we went out to eat together. And we were like, dude, you've never drank before for your 21st? He's like, no, not really. He's like, all right, we'll get the three wise men. That oh, shit. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Not good. Mm-hmm. Not fucking good. Oh, it was good for us. Yeah, for uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, yeah, we, we, Monday morning quarterback, we should have done a lot better. He should not have been in the car door. Oh, yeah. Like, the guy, like, locked the door because he was, like, trying to get in. He's like, I'm going to airborne jump. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, that was bad yeah. juju, man. Bad juju. Jesus Christ. Um, and then, then we get, he we found get that, back. Yeah, he found yeah. that, uh, potato masher and like beat it on somebody's chest and broke it me yeah you, me yeah. he beat the <laughs> he, shit out of me with a german potato it. masher and broke well, it you on my deserved chest because like because like, i didn't want him to walk into a car so i grabbed him he's like get your fucking hands off oh. he's like doing this <laughs> what was that dude's name he's like hey hey how about really quick we just wrap the podcast up yeah because yeah. yeah. brian's looking recording. pissy and mike, i'm Mike's gonna jump like, off in like half a second yeah i've been on blind all day anyway so dude thank you so much for joining us yeah it's been awesome and uh, we'll be back on for Gettysburg soon. And so. when you guys don't hear the end of the story, blame Brian. Don't blame us. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, cool. Well, uh, catch you guys next week. So, Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out. Normally that distance, that's a good enough because if you, I, depending on the mic, if you lean too close, sometimes you can overblow it, and you'll, you'll. Oh, you mess. don't, you don't like the. No, ASMR. that that, mess, that messes up your gain. Yeah, I, I kind of like. like I Talk I a little like slow. It's like yeah, ASMR, but... dude. You, it's like ASMR level. You liked it in Red Dead, though. <laughs> yeah, I do like it in Red Dead. <laughs> I'd fuck you. Because <laughs> I'd fuck me. I'm fuck I'm me all hard. for it. Trey has creative freedom. However, whatever octave he wants to use at whatever point. So, <laughs> speak to me, Daddy. Yeah. But anyway, well, um, did you did, you, to me, did you listen to the um, Thin Red Line one yet, Les? That's the one I've gotten. Haven't gotten to that one. I just was, finished the. It's a long. The one. There, yeah. There's an inner monologue. And it's like a southern guy, and he goes, to, and, and oh. like we kept we kept putting our base up to him, going, "Why, yeah. why are we here? Is this real life? Is this yeah, real? Like, yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. He's so George W. Am I alive? George W. George did. My grandfather oh. once ripped off the wings of a butterfly. <laughs> and it's just, it's strategic. Snakes. And it's what if snakes had legs? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Off on that tangent. Okay, excellent. <laughs> no, I, so, the, one I, the one I watched today was the uh, uh, Herd Locker. Oh, like, the, oh, the podcast part. itself was great, oh. but yeah, the movie, I, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. The movie's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's fucking, it's a troll. Remember, you know, week, like, or was it Blue Phase of the UD school? They teach you how to use a sniper rifle, like, you know, good to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, God. So I'm all set when you guys are. All right. I'm ready. We're yep. Off. yep. Um, I'm good. Cool.
Yeah. <clears throat> we had. Nate still <laughs> hold on. Nate Nate's no, still go, shuffling go. because I know where this is gonna go, Brian. I know where this is gonna go. Yeah, you interrupting me? He's gonna be like <laughs> with all the cocks in my mouth. <laughs> no, yeah, he fucks hey. it up regardless, so it's fine. Well, he's got a good like twelve well, fucking you know. The brown burlo pad on his face. <laughs> Just food yeah. redispensary. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking yeah. Yeah, Trey's not gonna help in this regard. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. good. It's like uh, a chest nap, and you just roll it up. He's like, oh, seconds. Yeah. Hold on, saving that fucking mm. cottage cheese for later, right? Uh, mm. Yeah. Oh my god. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, just go. 